Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Whitney, it's our Halloween episode. Yes, and uh, I wasn't going to say anything about this, but since you started off with Halloween, I'm sitting here in my Halloween costume, Brent. You kind of look like you normally do, Whitney. Yeah, I'm going as a wannabe podcaster. Oh, that, okay. that's a, Yes, a budding <laughs> podcaster is what I... I thought, th- I thought this was going to be a play on the old joke. No. It's not Halloween yet. Why are you wearing your costume? Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. I'm just going as a uh, as a wannabe podcaster with a real bad accent. How about that? Well, you're so. a handsome podcaster at that, Whitney, <laughs> if mean, I do say you, so myself. You are too kind. That means uh, when I come to your house, I do not get a bag of rocks. So it's all good. Well, you know, after the last show, when you kind of bust, you know, burst your way in here and set everything up and drug me into this mess again, you know... <laughs> Uh, at least I could do this time is try to go overboard with the kindness. Yeah, I do appreciate the uh, appreciate the bag of Rolos, you know, the uh, Starburst and everything like that. Well, Man, they were from, you, they you, were from last year, but that's okay. But they speak from the heart, Brent. Yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah, so, I'm glad as long as you like them. Yeah, I'm happy. You're happy. It's all good, dude. It's all good. Episode 47, man. Uh, we are just three away from the big 5-0, dude. I'm feeling it. <laughs> can, you, can you believe it? I think we might need hip surgery. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going to have them install a sense of humor while I'm under the knife, okay? So how about that? We'll do that. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get right into it, Whitney. Updates for the month, what we've had going on. So. Dude, I'm looking at your um, looking at your list, and uh, you've been quite the busy body. I have. I've had a few things going on. And, and actually, you know, kind of a little, let's pull back the curtain a little bit. Yep. We're going to hit the kind of the stuff that's on the outside of the main topic of the Halloween episode. (laughs) And uh, we're going to bring some other updates in later in the show. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, that was that was an awesome segue that segued nowhere. Exactly. I think they call that a teaser. I call that hashtag professional is what I call that. I call that just like grasping at straws. (laughs) Fair enough. All right. So I've gotten a jukebox, Whitney, and I didn't want one. Why did you do that? I mean, seriously, why? Because the price was right. Almost. I got ni- I got ninety nine problems and a jukebox doesn't need to be the one pri- of them. The price was right. It was little or nothing. <laughs> okay, you know you know what they call those kind of deals, don't you? Burdens. Yes. Yes. And honestly, Whitney, it's start turning into that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's a row AMI, and, and I, I didn't know this. I come to find out when I was asking around that yeah. I've heard of AMI and I've heard of row, but at one point in time they became the same company. Okay. So it was all row AMI, and I think eventually. Or AMI rebranded itself Row, and it slid into the name, and eventually AMI became I don't know. Regardless, I've only ever heard of Row myself. I've never I've never heard of AMI in relation to this. So I'm thinking that it comes to my mind from older jukeboxes, like being in you know either a jukebox collector's collection or like an operator's warehouse that had some old stuff sitting around, and that's where I recognize the AMI name. From. Okay, so yeah, one way or the other, it's a Row AMI R84. 100 record, 200 selection. I can already hear the disdain in your voice. Wood grain. I bet it's pretty. Latish 70s, really. It's, it's, you know, it's early 80s box that couldn't give up that that 70s look. Yes, yes. You know, it's about like the side of a Frogger cabinet. Yes, exactly. Yep. It's a, it's the row, as I've come to find out, it's the row mechanism and everything uh, electronics that was used in a myriad of boxes. Okay, but unfortunately, it's got it's kind of the base model box. Okay, okay, yeah, you know, it's got some 
like some red tinted glass and it's got the typical backlights. It doesn't have the power windows. It doesn't yeah. have power locks, no sunroof. So, so what, I mean, what are your plans with it? I mean, does it work? I, I mean, I, I just, I haven't really followed, followed up with you on this um, it, a, a, much at all, if any, really. It, it pulls a record out of the magazine. It sets it down uh-huh. and I tweaked it a little bit and uh, it was having some trouble setting the arm. Yeah. So I know it'll, play for like a microsecond so the amp works and all that fun stuff then it picks the record right back up and sticks it right in the magazine so there is hmm. something going on with it I, i've done a little tinkering hoping that i could just kind of get it going pretty quick and then just move it on to somebody that w- wanted a jukebox uh, i see it it had i noticed there was a couple th- connectors th- with wires broken th- and then before I think that's a wise move yeah all, all things considered yes. be- before i knew it i'm taking out the the main board in it and yeah. all the headers have got like cold solder joints so i'm reflowing all the headers and when it comes down to it, it, it i can't understand this help right. me help me understand this i'll do my best okay if look look to your left my right whitney pick any game pinball video pick any game all right Got it. Got it. Announce it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You want me to do that? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Give me the title of some game to your left. Okay. Uh, One of my favorites, Domino Man. Okay. Domino Man. I can, in two clicks, that is to bring up Google Uh and then to click in the the search bar, I can type in Domino Man Manual and I can have the manual. Yeah. You cannot do that for a jukebox. Like just this particular one or most all? Most any. Oh, most any to all. There, there, at one point in time, there was, there was a site Hmm. and some folks out there stateside may have heard of the arcade boneyard. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've heard of that. He's been around for a while. Yes. He sells parts. And at one point in time he had uh, online jukebox manuals. And it was like, Hey, I I just want to offer these. He doesn't do that anymore. He's actually switched it to, uh, I, I think he did. I'd have to go back and look, but he, it's not there. And, yeah. and before I, I was going to say, I think he switched it to purchase only okay. like hard copy. Yeah. I, I could be wrong. I be, could be confusing him with somebody else at the end of the day. That's why you got to grab stuff when it's available, know, man. You know, at the end of the day, I, you can't get jukebox manuals and, and I just can't envision. I don't even think row is still a company anymore. I couldn't tell you. And, you know, Steve Young, I can see Steve. Steve owns the rights to Gottlieb, uh-huh. and he makes his living, rightfully so, because he's a hardworking man, uh, on Gottlieb parts. And he resells manuals, and he does it at a reasonable price, Yeah, and he protects his, his IP. Mm-hmm. So if someone has a manual up, my understanding is Steve asks you to take it down. Okay, yeah. understand that. Williams, for whatever reason, they don't. Whoever owns Bally Midway, they don't care. So that stuff's all out there. Yeah. You can't find jukebox stuff. Mm. So I have no manual for the thing. I can't tell. I don't know what the blinky lights are telling me. Yeah. You know, they're labeled, but they don't mean anything to me. Yeah. You know, so I don't know if the lights was beyond, supposed to be off, supposed to be blinking, supposed to be having a conniption fit. I don't know. (laughs) So are you, so are you going to take this? I know you said you're probably going to move it on down the line. I mean, are you going to get it working ahead of time or are you just trying to find it, get it to somebody who, who will have the the time and the wherewithal to get it up and going again? Whitney, I'm at a crossroads. Yeah. And I, actually, it's a three-way intersection. <laughs> one as, way, as most interesting ones are. One way may potentially involve me and you putting it in the back of my truck uh-huh. and running down a country road and kicking it out. I know just the place, Brent. I know <laughs> yeah. just the place. The other—that's that's an extreme situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, another angle is as I come up with a manual, I try to do some more intensive searching. You know, being the IT guy that I am, and try to find it. Do you want to spend time on it though? And 
try to get it working. Okay. I mean, you I understand know? the yeah. challenge, but do you want to spend time no, on it? No. The time to get rid of it is if I want to move it on to somebody that really wants an inexpensive box yeah. is coming up here for Christmas. Yeah. And I've got too many other fish to fry. Uh-huh. So, yeah. And it's taking up space, and it's, like you said, I think it's becoming kind of a burden. Yeah. You know, my other option is, is what little research I've done, apparently the CPU and the thing is really particular, and they're prone to failure. There's a gentleman that makes a drop-in replacement little daughter board. It's like 50 bucks, and it brings all kinds of diagnostics with it. So that's an option. I mean, there's the possibility the CPU is just toasting. Okay. I, I just... I've had other things going, so it's kind of set out in the garage for the last couple of weeks. It gotcha. may find a home. If you're out there and if you're a listener, if you're close to Kentucky and you want a challenge for a, a, a reasonable expense that isn't reasonably small, give me a shout. Brent <laughs> at brokentoken.com. So, and then uh, let me know and I'll make you a sweet you, deal. I'll make you a sweet deal on Brent's, shoot, uh, on Brent's jukebox. Is are what I'll are do. jukeboxes like boats? The uh, two, yes. The two best days of the boat of boat mm-hmm. ownership is the day you get it, the day you get rid of it. Yeah. And you know what boat stands for, don't you? Break off another thousand. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure, Jim, well, you know, this whole hobby is that way too. So yeah. I can't, I can't, oh, yeah. I can't yeah. say anything about that. All right. So jukebox out of the way. Uh, the Back to the Future pinball. First of all, I'm woefully behind in putting stuff up on Facebook. I, uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. this has been a, it's been a rough Facebook month. Yeah, yeah, I, I get you. I've wanted to chronicle everything, and I've got the pictures. I actually, I just need to take a little time and post them. Uh, as of now, the only pictures that are up there are the work I've done on the power supply. I think I mentioned that on the last show. Yeah, because we talked about the the cleanup and the repair from uh, from a leaking cap and bringing it all back to life. So. Yeah. What I did now, this is kind of funny. What I didn't talk about because I hadn't gotten there yet was the first power up. So I put it all in; it's all ready to go. I'm kind of looking at the back box, but I'm kind of you know because I don't want to look right at it in case it decides to erupt. Yeah. Flip the switch. Nothing. Nothing. No magic smoke. No lights. No nothing. Nothing. Well, nothing. I had I had GI, which I had before. Yeah. You know, when it GI, if memory, it doesn't come off the power supply, it comes yeah. off a transformer in the bottom. So I yeah. had GI. So that's going to light anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to light. Yeah. So I thought, okay, what happened? So then I start going through my mental checklist. I start figuring, okay, did I not con- figuring things out? Did I not connect this? Did I not do. Okay, what happened? I was expecting something, an action, a coil of fire, something. Something. I hadn't hooked the display up yet. Okay, so plugged the display in, powered it up. Mm-hmm. Boom, the display acted like it booted. I was like, oh, sweet. Okay, okay, cool. And it told me I needed to open the coin door. The reason I need to open the coin door is basically there's no batteries on the MPU. Okay. And it, that was the default message to get you oh, to open the oh, coin oh, door I to see, hit I advance. I see, okay, you know? gotcha. Okay, all right. all right, cool. Open the coin door, yeah. powered it on. Boom, it comes up. It says, you know, it gives me the the default stuff like the serial number and everything that you would see on a pinball when it would boot. Yeah. You know, the serial number, all that kind of fun stuff. I think it even finally come up. It said player one and started scrolling back to the future. And I was like, okay. sweet. Yeah, yeah, progress. Not a sound. Okay. I was expecting, you know, every modern-ish pinball, you know, system 11 type up, if probably even older than that, if you got like a, sw- a stuck switch or something, something that is detected by the game, it'll give you some kind of warning, mm-hmm. you know, nothing, not uh-huh. a noise, not a good beep, not a bad beep. Gotcha. So then I start looking for problems with the soundboard, looking at it, making sure it's all connected. I hadn't been messing, if you will, with that portion of the back box yet. 
start looking over that, start check, checking cables, start trying to figure out what I've got, what I don't have, you know, just trying to learn the system a little bit more because it's my first run at these Data East games. Okay. Then it hits me. I didn't check the sound pot. Turned the game off, reached in the coin door, and sure enough, the sound pot was all the way at the end of one of it, if its travel. So it was turned completely down. It was down. turned completely down. Fantastic, I've squirreled around with it for about well, five minutes. Welcome to the Whitney Roberts School of I Repair. Turned, <laughs> I, turned it, I turned it about a quarter turn, turned it on, and it's Doc Brown going, back to the future. Oh, that's awesome, though. Came right up. Yeah, and awesome. I am I'm glad, fl- glad I am to hear that. flipping the game. Oh, good. I am playing games. Yeah, good. Glad to hear that. So I was, I was very happy. And then at that point, you know, I went through and I checked all my switches, I checked all my coils i did all the stuff i like to do to kind of basically check the game out i knew how to broken drop target i knew there's a couple things that needed to be addressed so i played a few games with the glass off just to kind of give everything a good workout yeah just just exercise all the switches everything like that exactly give me it and one of the things i like to do too before i tear a pin down is i'll get the manual which you know unlike a jukebox i can get just about every pinball manual online Mm -hmm. and i'll copy the page that has the coil you like the coil list and the coil uh, locations and the switch list and switch locations. And I'll put it in test mode and I'll test every switch and every coil just so that I know before I take it down. Oh, OK, this switch might be bad. This, you know, so I can order parts. Yeah. You know, I don't want to yeah. find that out after I've reassembled the game, especially <laughs> no, if you got no like, you a, like a dodgy micro switch and you can't really tell externally. You know, you can see if a leaf switch, if a blade is broken, but a micro switch, you can't tell. Yeah. So. I go through everything and then I start taking the game apart. So I've got a bunch of pictures of that. I need to put it all up. And as I took the game apart, it's not all the way apart yet. I've, I've kind of trying to come to a realization of how deep the restore on this particular game is going to go. Okay. I like the game. I want to keep the game. Uh huh. Let me just say, I like the title. I want to keep the title. Yeah. Just flipping it there. There's, like when I got it to start uh, right after putting the power supply in it and knowing this going in, haven't played the game before the title before it's not a super deep game. Yeah. It is a, it's a, it's a keeper at least as far as I can see into the future because of the theme. Okay. All right. It's mm-hmm. not a keeper because of the depth because of the gameplay itself. Correct. Yes. So wouldn't you love to see back to the future redone modern? I, I mean, you talking about the pinball? Yes. Yeah. yeah not the movie. Not okay. the movie. The movie stands. Okay. I'm talking the pinball. Wouldn't you love to see that game just essentially oh, re- yeah. reimagined as a, mo- let's say, a modern Stern or a modern Jersey Jack or spooky, know, spooky, spooky yeah. or, you know, highway, any, you know, just you name them. I'd like to see spooky or highway do it. Yeah. Because I think they would give it, I think they would give it its due. And yeah, I, w- I would love to see that theme redone. That, no doubt. That actually crossed my mind while I've worked on, on the game. Yeah. And and look at Ghostbusters. I mean, Ghostbusters, we'll talk about that through the show. It's, oh, yeah. It's part of our Halloween spectacular. Yeah, yes. Uh, it, I mean, it's still relevant. And yeah. they, there was only, and Ghostbusters fans, please direct all hate mail at Whitney <laughs> at BrokenToken.com. You're talk, there was only one movie, Brent. The, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, for a, for a franchise, it was extensively one movie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. There was really and truly only one movie. There's there's a Vigo fan out there freaking yeah, out he, right he now. He can freak out because that movie was not good. <laughs> I am so unsubscribing to this podcast. Those oh, hicks don't no, know anything. No, please come back. We we value our <laughs> listeners. I'm just saying Ghostbusters 2 was bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So, I mean, it's still relevant, and yeah. it has a huge fan base. Oh, yeah. You know, oddly enough, I mean, there's – well, I guess you could probably do more with Ghostbusters. We've talked about the Ghostbusters – clubs or groups through the country yeah. there's no there's no back to the future groups but now unfortunately there's not but there's so back to the future as a as a theme and as a canon it has so much charm to it man i, I just yeah I, I just never get tired of watching it or the concept or i guess just the promise of what doc brown tries to do and then how marty executes on it it's just man it just it just makes you feel good i just love it if you think about it, if you walk into a restaurant dressed as a ghostbuster people know that if you walked in dressed as doc brown they think you're a nut yeah, that's true yeah that's so, true yeah you know or if you walked in with dressed as marty with like his life preserver 80s style yeah his vest i had one of those it was blue yeah um people would just think you're just today because yeah. that stuff's back yeah you know yeah but anyway so my thought has kind of revolved around how deep of a store am i going to go because at the end of the day the cabinet's pretty nice it's got some places on it the head is kind of rough um i know there was a gentleman that chronicled i think his restore on pinside that's made decals the cabinet's painted mm-hmm and to me, if I'm going to restore one, I'd rather restore it in paint than in a decal. Yeah. Uh, yeah I've conversed yeah. with the the gentleman that did the other restore. He's you know, the decal, the, at least the, the vector files are available. <laughs> that was a very nice. Oh, idea. yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they're out there. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, if I do this, that leads to this, that leads to that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, yeah, there's not a, it's not a super high production game, but I'm trying to walk the line between time and effort to put into the game versus what it's worth versus what you're going to get back out of it if i ever decide to sell it yeah and again i like the title but i'm trying to decide do i like it enough to overbuild the game to overbuild the house for the neighborhood yeah no i understand to make it to make it brent's game rather brent's back to the future rather than a back to the future right yeah yeah so a lot of the Back to the Futures that I've seen, they have a couple green inserts burned mm-hmm. under the ramps on the right and the left. Well, there's actually four inserts, two on either side, two on the right and the left, and all four of mine are burned. Okay, no big deal. Pop those out. I can do that. Yeah. Uh, two of them on the left have some art on them. Okay, it's a train track. I can put a little frisket on it and redraw the track. That's no big deal. What really kind of gets me is... Um, well, it's got a little playfield damage, and that's no big deal. I fixed worse. My Adams was much worse. And to look at it, I mean, in my humble opinion, I don't think that the average person or even the above average person could really tell where I fixed the game. Yeah, okay. So I've got some playfield wear on the right side where, because when you plunge, it follows the ramp and it drops to your right flipper. Okay. So that, that gets beat. Yeah. So I can fix that. So just it just does like an orbit. Okay, so to the right flipper, not yeah, the left. Yeah, it comes back okay. to the right flipper. It comes back yeah, to the, the right flipper. The, okay. The, the ramp is actually uh pretty big you know yeah. you've got a right entrance and a left entrance then it kind of goes to the middle almost like a t uh-huh. and then that middle that long leg of your t waggles its way down and then comes over to your right and drops okay. to the right so flipper. so every so every plunge shot like that is always all, yeah it always yields the same all the result. ramp shots come back to yeah, the same place okay yeah. all right okay so that takes a beating it's got a little wear by the pops i mean all that stuff i can fix but what's kind of what's really hung me in the balance is there's a mylar bubble that's starting to form over on the left side of the play field in front of some fixed targets. I, I can't remember which side. One side says Marty or McFly, and the other side says Doc. Yeah, okay. So 
I think it's the left side says McFly or, or Marty or whatever it is. And one of those is starting to get like this triangular shaped bubble. And when that happens, you start getting a little trash underneath it. You can see it. Mm-hmm. It's not super big. If I didn't point it out or if you weren't like spending a few minutes actually studying the game when it's not being played, you'd probably never notice it. But that's put me into, do I want to do a mylar removal? And then that's yeah. put me Here into, right. Then that's put me into, uh, and I've already talked to a local collector that's done several mylar m- removals. I've yet to do one. That That's starting to put me into risking art. Okay. Yeah. Which you're typically going to lose if you do it carefully is inserts uh-huh. or an insert or all inserts. It just depends. And do I... Then from there, do I? What do I do? Do I just put stickers on it? Do I then yeah. strip the whole play field and then clear it? What yeah. What do I do? So, yeah. really, I think what I'm going to do at this point is I'm going to do kind of a a minor restore on it. I'm going to fix the real obvious play field damage. Uh-huh. I'm going to, of course, re rubber it. Good cleaning. Going to replace the inserts. A couple other little touch ups and seal. You know, seal those locations. Uh, get it going in a very, you know, get it get it nice and tight mechanically. Yeah. And I'm just going to enjoy the game and see where it goes. Yeah, okay. And my thought is, is that in a year or 18 months, if I just like, oh, this, you know, this doesn't hold hold me like I thought it would, yeah. then I'm going to have a good, solid, yet still good-looking game that I can take and then offer to somebody and move yeah. it on. Or... You know, I can keep an eye out for another example, maybe start with a, a better example that would just need less of my labor. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'll break down and I'll just do the whole shooting match. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. So yeah. I'm just going to start with with getting it together, getting the basics covered and uh, um, and go from there. So, yeah. OK. All right. So, oh, rubbers. And I meant to grab these, Whitney. So let's see if we can do this without making all kinds of crazy noise. <laughs> Not going to happen. Do you, you want to check out the Titan rubbers that I ordered? You, you've had Titan rubbers in your hands before, though, haven't you? I have. Yes. OK. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up actually ordering rubbers from Titan, you know, okay. color matched. And and did, you, did you do this just for the Back to the Future or did you do it for every machine you had? No, just for the Back to the Future. Okay. Trust me, it was a learning experience. Okay. And it All wasn't right. Titan. It yeah. was it was just we'll talk a little bit about it in the tech segment. Just what it took me and it was frustrating trying to say, okay, I want this color and it's this size and put A with B. And then it seems simple at first, but I just started working myself in this little loop because yeah. I would honestly, I get distracted. And I'd say, okay, I want this rubber, this, and it has to be this size. And I want this and this color. And it was just. We'll, we'll have to come back to that yeah, because yeah. I'm interested in that because we'll talk I, about it later in the show. Yeah. Well, okay. We'll just table that. I, I got for the right po- now, to so. the point where I was, I dumped my shopping cart and restarted. Okay. And, and again, it's not Titan's fault. It's just yeah. the way I approached it. Yeah. And it was a lesson learned. Okay. Um, the next thing I'm going to do to it is I am going to order taking that lesson on how to kind of divide and conquer mm-hmm. and color match. Yep. I'm going to do LEDs. Uh, wise move, and uh, you know, I, I saw where you had, um, I saw where you had a, a couple uh, statements here in the show notes, and and I, I tried to flesh that out as best as best as I could, Brent. So when we get to that point where we talk about you know color matching LEDs, I'll you know I'll, I'll chime in and, and I guess kind of go through what I've taught myself mm-hmm. through that process because there's there's a thousand ways to cut that, but I, I think there's definitely some there's 
there's wrong there's wrong ways and right ways to everything but it just really depends upon what you're going after okay so, yeah and yeah. you know we need to talk about that because one thing i i'm on the fence about is flashers yes and i've got a methodology i've okay. developed a bit of a methodology and i'll explain it not saying it's right but i don't think it's wrong so the, the, so anyway, this game that's that. it has and, and i I'm sure it's because of the lightning aspect of Back to the Future. Man, I bet it's. I it bet it has, hurts your eyes. It has flashers. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, See, then okay. And I don't want to go out. At, I I, dr- at, I dress that in a bullet right. point. At so, several yeah. bucks a flasher and make a huge mistake. Yep. 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 So yeah, uh, we'll we'll talk about it a little later. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So and when let me throw this out here. This isn't a particular update of mine, but I thought I would want you know, just to kind of pass this update along to yeah. the pinball aficionados of the world. <laughs> and this does kind of lead into um, some further discussion we're going to have as part of the Halloween Broken Token Spectacular. Yeah. I want to give an update on the Ghostbusters Pro that is at uh, our buddies over at Rec Bar at their place. I, I mean, I find this interesting now for obvious reasons, yes. okay? And definitely more interesting than it was to me two months ago. Right. I, I will say that just straight up. But it's because they have a pre, they have a pro and have an a pro. Early, and an early run pro at that, and then of course we're looking you know we're looking at our premiums and and now this becomes much more interesting just due to the sheer amount of play that they have on there. Yes, and that's du- why I wanted to throw du- it out there. Yeah, durability and just comparison sake. So for those that aren't in the pinball scene, there has just been an unbelievable amount of conversation relating to things going on with the Ghostbusters game. Whether it's um, what people are calling ghosting in the inserts, which to me at first was confusing because when I think of ghosting in pinball, I think of having LED to pinball and then you get an LED that ghosts, which means it's just like the way it's working in the lamp matrix and it just barely lights when it's not supposed to. No, and admittedly, yeah. I've had to educate myself on this as well yeah. because I had to go out and look at pictures on Pinside to, to even understand what this term meant. So what what they're calling ghosting is the Ghostbusters, and as it turns out, I think this goes back as far as Game of Thrones. I know that. Yes, that th- those are the two that I've heard this mentioned. Spider Man Vault Edition's doing it. Oh, some really? of them I are doing I it. I did not know that. That uber expensive game. Yeah. Uh, this really came to light. <laughs> that game's not expensive, Brent. <laughs> that, that, that's not expensive. Oh, it's not expensive? No, no. No, it's, it's not like a Batman 66. I, I'm glad you said it, and I didn't have yeah, to, but well, yes. All right. I, uh, as we will soon learn, Brent Griffith will be the bad guy for this show. <laughs> so I had my turn last episode. Man. So what the ghosting means is the the clear on the play field is, is like cracking or like showing an air bubble or delamination at the inserts and the what and what i can't figure out is is it tends to always be on at least on ghostbusters one or two particular inserts that tend to be the the more more common offenders and to me i'm thinking if you've got an issue with the play field and it has to do with the way that it's cured or whatever i don't know why i would think it could be random or it could be all of them or a handful of them but for some odd reason it tends to be a particular insert that everybody focuses on regardless that's what the ghosting means and it's really been bad in the le games the limited edition games uh i mentioned i've seen folks that have got spider-man vaults that have had problems i think it goes back uh, no game of thrones has some issues with it it just seems to be really prevalent in in Ghostbusters. I don't know if it's worse in Ghostbusters, why it wasn't as disgusting Game of Thrones. 
uh, I know I'm paying more attention because, you know, everyone most, knows. Most certainly. Yeah, because yes. we're in the Ghostbusters game. Yes. But then again, all the talk that I've heard about the Ghostbusters has been through like other shows. I'm not a big Pinside reader. So those other shows haven't carried conversation on those other games. And I know folks on the other shows own those games in some form or fashion. So, so I don't know. Something's come to a head here with Ghostbusters. But regardless, I wanted to give an update on the rec bar ghostbusters i checked it over the weekend uh we're just a few we're, we're in the middle of the week on when we're recording this we're doing on a wednesday night yep so over the weekend the game itself had about 5600 plays on it wow yep that's well at a dollar a play it's paid for itself uh, well actually rec bar they had it for a dollar for a while and then within a week or two they knocked it down to 50 cents really yes 50 oh, cents a wow. play nice and if you put in a buck you get three plays <laughs> So, Those guys are generous, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. So no, that's awesome. Um, about about fifty six hundred plays. The only mechanical issue I'm aware of is the screw backed out of the auto plunger. Okay. So one day they, I happened to be in there and they said, "Hey, Brent, you know, Ghostbusters isn't serving a ball." Well, all the balls were gone, and what had happened was, is it would serve a ball, the auto plunger had fallen out. Somebody would pull the plunger, the manual plunger. Well, since the auto plunger, the little fingers weren't there to hold the ball, it would fall. It would just fall down inside the cabinet. <laughs> Amazing. So I opened the cabinet, yes. and all the balls are in the bottom Laying of the cabinet. in the bottom of the cabinet, yeah. So yeah, a screw backed out, and I just put the screw back in, and I put a little thread lock on it. It's been good ever since. So okay. I turned the game off so I could get a good look at it without the LEDs. There's no ghosting. Oh, that's good. It's an early play field because it's got the misspelling on the on the lower uh, insert going up the you know the uh, the ladder of mm-hmm. inserts that show you like your mode or right. whatever you're in. Yeah, yeah. They would just normally just be right there where you drain. Straight yeah, down exactly. The middle. It's the, the, the exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. No ghosting. The uh, Scaleri brothers, uh, the drop targets, and for people that haven't seen Ghostbusters, you can get into a mode in the Scaleri brothers from Ghostbusters 2, which was probably one of the better parts of the whole movie. Yeah. Um, you get a drop target kind of the right and kind of the left, and you've got to hit, hit them and, and capture the Scaleri brothers. Some people have shown on their games with low play where that, that hole that cut out for the drop target uh-huh. is chipping and breaking. Yeah. So gotcha. um, there's no chipping on the Scaleri brothers. They do have the, it does have the common stern problem with later drop targets, which is sometimes you hit it with the ball and it's a solid hit and the ball bounces right off of it like it hit a brick wall. I see. So that there's a pinball life spring kit to fix that. It's a couple bucks. So it does do that. But, you know, they've done that. I've seen Metallica do that. Yeah. You know, it's just the way they're, they, they build their drop targets. Now, there is a, also a rail, a small metal rail up by the ghost target, yeah. and that's the target you hit to activate Slimer, and that rail uh, has a tendency to bend, and theirs is bending. Because it just, it, it's, a, it's right in the middle of the play field. If yeah. you catch it from the left flipper, you know, you can, you can catch that rail, and I don't know, Whitney, what, what, what is it, maybe two and a half inches long? Tops. Yeah. Tops. You could catch that rail. As far and, as measuring fish yeah. go, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You could catch that rail and ride it right into the target and activate Slimer. Yeah. So it takes abuse, and uh, it looks like they've addressed that in later games, and even Pinball Life, we'll have a link in the show notes. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely addressed on yours. Yeah. There, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Pinball Life has... Um, a uh, a little fix like thing, a little wedge that you can put in there. But so yeah, the, I guess the the major thing is is that fifty six hundred plays, uh, no ghosting. 
and they're not chipping. And there's been some reports of chipping in the in the uh, shooter lane, like from where the balls get ejected out of the trough. There's isn't chipping. Now they're getting. They've got. It, it's time to wipe it down. And it's gonna need it's gonna need some rubbers here soon. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of plays. It is a lot of plays, man. But it just goes and goes. Yeah, people love it. Well, so that's awesome. I mean, does it? They got a good one. Th- well, that's good. I mean, does it look? Does it look as good as it did when you when it was unboxed? I mean, I know you've noted a few things, but cosmetically, is it, is it holding up? Yeah. Um. Other than the dirt, which I would expect. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um. To me, cosmetically, yeah, it's holding up. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That, that, that's good. Well, I mean, it's on location. It's getting people that bump into it, nudge into it. You know, and they'll bump glasses and beer bottles and everything else. And yeah, just just curious if it if it still has that luster or if it's if it's starting to dull down a bit. Uh, the play field wise, just yeah, because honestly, it just needs the glass pulled off of, and it's time for a little maintenance. Yeah, but no, I mean it, overall, I think it's holding up pretty well. That's now good. I could wipe the dust off of it and the, the you know the little bit of play field dirt off of it and be shocked, but mm-hmm. to me, you know, it still looks pretty darn good for yeah. a machine that's got that number of plays on. Yeah, it's it. got five thousand plays on it. No, that's Almost six thousand. That's cool. that's cool. So that wraps me up in basic updates, and like I said, we're we'll get into some deeper kind of shared stuff here a little later but yeah whitney all right your turn buddy what you got <laughs> well i will say this brent i i look at my updates and and for the past several shows honestly i felt kind of bad and it, it's simp- well you look wonderful well i appreciate that okay i appreciate that but it i just haven't been getting done on my arcade games what i what I feel like I was getting done last year, but a lot of that is a lot of that's my own doing. Okay, simply because of what of what I'll talk about, what I'll talk about next. First up, though, I, I mean, I, I've been trying to take advantage of the weather, and this past weekend I moved some games around, took a couple games out of the house, brought my Mad Planets and my Satan's Hollow in the house because they're going they're they're going to go into the game room. Those are those are two titles that will that will have a good permanent spot in the game room. So uh, just prepping them to go in. And, you know, Brent, well, I mean, what I typically do, and I, I don't know how this works out for you, but I have found this to be an almost indispensable tool for me, is I, uh, <laughs> and I know this may sound weird, but I get my games on my kickback dolly, and I'll kick them back on the dolly, secured naturally, kick them back on the dolly, and then I like to get under the game and just give, give the game a good look over from, the underside and um, so so what you're telling me Whitney is you're looking up at skirt I, that I do Brent that, that I okay. do yes exactly so this has been Brent with the Broken Broken Podcast and <laughs> yeah but <laughs> no it, you have to I've tilted you, you, I've tilted have to. beautiful looking games back in the, like in the truck yes or on a trailer and, and you're get, like look you get, at what's under it and then you get underneath of it and it's like holy smokes man that thing is a, is a hot mess but uh, but I, I knew a guy that had a Space Invaders yeah and it was eaten up with termites yes yes and yes, he, yes. And that's and it looked great until you laid it back until and you, you laid it back it, yeah. that's yeah. it and, and i you know and i'll bring it into the house and then we're, we've got tile in our basement uh, and so i can lay down on the tile and with a you know with a pillow or something or a towel you know for my head and i can get under the game with a drop light and just really give it a good look over from the bottom up and man dude i clean out you know i clean out spider sacks and you know cobwebs and just you know just everything a lot of times i'll, I'll hit it with a, a shop vac with a brush attachment on the end and just really sweep the bottom of the game out but you know something what i found on the mad planets was that uh you know on the base of that game 
Um, and, and Brent, for you know, for whatever reason, I don't, I, I don't understand. Wh- well, I know why they did it. They did it because it was cheap to do. Okay, but yeah, it wasn't supposed to last thirty. It years. wasn't supposed to last thirty years, and I have to keep reminding myself of that. But but what I have found is that you know whether it was Atari, whether it was Gottlieb, whether it was uh, Taito. Tato, however you want to say it, uh, whether it was you know Williams or go, you know going down the line, Bally Midway, they you know they all had their own way of attaching the the bases to the games if they had a base at all. Okay, mm-hmm. but for the ones that, that do have a base, like the Gottlieb games, the, the bases are the bases are pretty tough. But what I have found is that they covered them with contact paper. Okay, to give the base that to give the base that uh, a color. Okay, like black or whatever you know whatever color. It was supposed You're to talking have. about the the actual base that the entire cabinet sits on, not yes. just like the lower portion of the cabinet. No, no, no. I'm talking the yes, yes, the actual base. Okay, okay. like just, on a, like on a Nintendo, like on a Nintendo cabinet, they've got that that little stoop that, little, that little that little wooden square okay. that they sit on. Okay, okay. all right. And so, um, it's like on so my, they contact paper instead of just painting it. On my yes, and on my Mad Planets, it has contact paper, and you can tell that it is thirty year old contact paper that was glued to that base to give it that to, to give it that color to get to make it black okay and i'm sitting there looking at this and i'm like i, I cannot stand this i hate this <laughs> and one part of the base was rocking enough to where i just literally pulled one side of the base completely free of the machine okay i'm sitting here thinking to myself it's like and this is this is your back to the future scenario late played all over again because brent my mad planets is it's it's a beautiful game but the base the base really the base got no love okay and so it's a scenario where i'm going to have to decide what to do about the base because man i just cannot put a you know i cannot put a what is a nine a nine and a half out of ten game sitting on a rickety old you know contact paper peeling base okay and sitting in my game room so i so i reached out to uh, a clov member he got his handle is space baby on clov and this dude this guy brent is a he is a base building savant okay <laughs> and he he can build the most awesome bases for most any game that you need him to build for and i measured out the base on my mad planets and sent him the dimensions and and, uh, and he does a good job of turning those over, and he offers bases for um, for uh, Taito games, uh, Taito games for Nintendo games, and, and a few others. And I asked him, I said, "Hey, hey, man, would you build me a couple bases? One for my Mad Planets and one for my Cubert, simply because Brent, um, I, I'll get to the point where I put a brand new base on the Mad Planets, and I'll have you already gotten this yet? Um, no, I have not. I was I just thinking not. maybe we should just throw in and get a second Cubert base. I'll, I'll get you taken care of. Okay, do you want I, do you want one for a Cubert? Do you need we, one for a Cubert? Yeah, oh yeah, I'll get you taken care I, of. I okay. am feverishly. In the, now the joke is lost. I was hoping. Have you ever seen the movie Johnny Dangerously? No. Uh-uh. Have you ever I've heard not. of? No, I have not. Oh Should I? Oh my god! Is it that good? It's or pretty. Is it that bad? It's pretty funny. Is it's, it? It's okay. early Michael Keaton, okay. and it's a gangs. Toward the end of the movie, they're they're him and his wife, uh, are are uh, who is Mary Lou Henner. Okay, they are running Mary Mary Lou Henner. Mary Lou Henner. Okay, I'll yeah, have if to you look see her, her you'll recognize okay, her. Okay, fair they're enough. They're running from the cops. I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking Mary Steenburgen, and that's not the that's right. That's not no, no. no. Yeah, yeah. It's so earlier. You know, it's you've got to see the movie. There's a lot of little like look in the background, a lot of little quips, and there's 
it, her dream is to basically have like a little home and, and lead a normal life, not this life of, of, of comedy crime that Keaton leads okay. as Johnny Dangerously. Okay, gotcha. You know, and to tell you how, you know, it starts off with him telling a kid about his life when he busts the kid stealing a puppy from the pet store that Michael Keaton now owns because he's out of the life of crime. And while he does it, he takes a price gun. Of course, he's in the 30s. Yeah. But he takes a modern price gun and he's sticking stickers on puppies. Oh, he's pricing, and oh, he's just gotcha. kissing the puppy, and he put it in the, you know, yeah. no puppies were hurt. Anyway, toward the end of the movie, you said contact paper, and they cover the car in shelf paper. And of course, oh, okay. it's, it's intentionally bad green screen, yeah. and they're peeling the shelf paper. This has gone way too long. It's no longer funny. It was funny to me. <laughs> I was hoping to find that. that. It's all yeah. that matters. I was hoping to find it and put it in the show notes. So anyway, you know, it's the guy that played the skipper is the is making, he's the policeman calling all the cars, and it keeps cutting to him, and he has to change the color of the car. Until eventually they get down to shelf paper for the kids' room, which is bunnies and duckies. <laughs> Sweet. Nothing to do with your mad planets. <laughs> Fair enough. But and, I, I'm going to go look it up on Netflix and, and, and see if it's even That's available three and a half get. minutes of everyone's life that they'll never get back. Yeah, well, yeah, we, we do warn for that in the description on iTunes. So, I, you know, that's just the way And Whitney go. has not seen Johnny Dangerously. No, okay. I have not. I have not. I'm going to make a note of all the movies Whitney's not seen. Yeah, okay. just to add it to the list because it is, it is a long one. But nonetheless, I, I reached out to Space Baby. Okay. I'll PM him and I'll, I'll get I'll get him to get I'll, I'll get him to to cut a, an additional Cubert base. Now for you. are That's these no coming problem. like finished and everything, or are they just the base base? Uh, the base it, base. It, it, it's it's the base, but okay. they're, they're plywood. They're blocked off. They're plywood. They're they're very nice. They've got the te- they've got T nuts in them already. Oh, good. And okay. so literally, all you have to do is remove your old base and then determine how you want to attach this base on. And uh, what I do, Brent, is I you know I. I I mean, I've ha- I've had a couple of these. I put one on my Zookeeper. It was great. I've put one on one of my Nintendo cabinets. It was great. I'll just hit it with some sandpaper and, and uh, smooth it down real good, and um, and then. Uh, prime it okay you know hit it with some spray primer and then let it dry overnight and then hit it again put like two coats of primer on it uh smooth it down again and then usually i'll I'll, uh, usually i'll use like um you know some some black krylon that is paint and primer together Mm -hmm. and then a couple of coats of that in that baby i mean it's looking it's looking fantastic and it's ready to go Gotcha. So that's what I'm going to do for the Mad Planets. Uh, I'll definitely want to do one for the Cubert. Get you, like I said, get you taken care of on that. So, so that that kind of took care of that, and I'll, I'll be I'll be looking forward for uh, when I can you know swap the base on the Mad Planets. And the only other thing, Brent, on the Mad Planets, I just kind of running through it. I'm going to need to eventually rebuild the linear power supply that's in it, and I've never rebuilt one for for a Gottlieb game before. Have you? I mean, have you done any power supply service on those games yet? I have not. The only um Gottlieb video game that I have is the Cubert. Is the Cubert, yeah. Now, so for me, it's the Cubert and the Mad Planets, and that's all I've got. No, from what I recall, Cubert and Mad Planets are on the same hardware. The, uh, approximately, yes. So yes. I bet they're on the same power supply. From what I understand, they and are. And that thing is wonky. I mean, okay. I've heard horror stories about it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's working now, right? Uh, no, it's got a switcher in it. Okay. So, so the game's got a switcher in it. But here's the thing. Well, well, what I, where I'm going is is that uh, there's a, there's a couple folks locally. Yeah, maybe we should because my memory is shot on this. Okay, but you don't just want to go willy nilly plugging stuff up because it's not it's pretty easy for that thing to get a little 
little crossways and overvolt one of the rails? Well, what I was going to do is pull the linear power supply out of it and then proceed to shotgun it and yeah. then test it on a bench is what I was going yeah. to do. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, no, I would never do anything with it in the game because it's the only set of Mad Planets boards I have. And so if I fry my boards, then I've, you know, my beloved Mad Planets is, 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 is <laughs> it's very mad at me. It's very mad. But so, so I'm going to have to rebuild the linear power supply. And like I said, with it running on a switcher, what I have noticed for the games that I've played is the sound uh, on this particular game. It's it's a little um, it's it's a little flat, and I, in the show notes I call it washed out, but I would actually call it muffled sounding a little bit. And here's the thing, Brent. I uh, I remember when you and I were at Jim Zespi's at Logan's Arcade, and I played his Mad Planets mm-hmm. while we were there. And then, uh, of course, uh, family. We did a family vacation in Chicago, uh, you know, over the summer, and I talked about that a couple episodes back. And we were at Logan's again, and I played his Mad Planets. Uh, my wife Jackie played Mad Planets, and Grace played Mad Planets. I mean, we all played Mad Planets together, and I noted how nice and crisp the audio it was very it was very uh it it was very deep it was very rich it it was very uh full sounding and my man planets doesn't sound like that okay so i hopped on clove and i started doing some research and apparently does this get back to it seems like there's a real funky type of amp on the soundboard there there is that Okay. okay there is definitely that but a lot of the early or a lot of the preliminary troubleshooting points to if you're running a switching power supply in that game then the audio does not sound as it does Mm -hmm. if it was running on the linear power supply it seems like the amp that's in it has some wild voltage and that's one of the things you're 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 exactly right and that's one of the things that the linear power supply supplies enough voltage for that from what i understand the the switching power supply does not it runs it but it it actually undervolts it from from what i understand it underdrives it yeah i can't remember it seems like it's like 30 some odd volts and the best you can do on a switcher is like hook it to 12 and just see what she does. I think that that's I'm, exactly I right. I am pulling that so far from memory. That well, it's not you're, even... I, I'm telling you, you're close. And, I, and I've done uh, I've done a fair amount of reading on this, but I've not really committed a lot of it to long term storage simply because I'm not ready to get into that yet. Mm-hmm. It's just something that I've noticed and something that, that I'm, I'm definitely just going to have to fix, you know, because you, I go to all that trouble. It's one of the titles that I've wanted for so long. I go to all the trouble to get it. And then that was one of the first things that I immediately noticed about it. So it's like, okay, that's definitely going to have to be fixed. So, well, I mean, that's all anyway, fixable. Yeah, it's, it's all fixable. It's all good. I mean, the game itself is beautiful. It plays great. It's just, I, I just made a special, it, it, it was apparent enough to me that I noticed it. And I even contacted Jim Zaspi, uh, you know, the owner of Logan Arcade, and was asking him about it. And he's like, yeah, he goes, I, mine, mine runs the linear power supply. And so it's, it, to me, that's like, yeah, that's what's going on. I am trying to remember, is it, Longtime Clover Riptor. Riptor, yes. Does I think it was? I think he offered complete shotgun kits for the power supply. I'm going to look. If that's the case, I did not know that. But if that's the case, I'm we'll getting have to touch, look, yeah, we'll in have touch to look with up, him. Look into that, and then because and then if that's the case, the if show. that's the case, I'm actually going to order like two of them so I can do it. So I can do the same thing for my Cubert power supply as well. In fact, if you want me to, I'll get you one while I'm at it because ultimately you're going to need one as well. You know, at, at some, yeah. oh, at some yeah. point. So, 
So we, we can just go with that. So anyway, man, um, that, that's really the extent of the arcade updates. Uh, actually, it's kind of pathetic. There's really not a lot of meat there. But, but Brent, I will say this. Where I have been focusing, I guess, my time was on uh, and has been on Skyskipper. Okay, uh-huh. and so uh, as I promised on the last show, it's 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 high time for an update on that project. So let let me do this. Okay, so for anybody who missed uh, last episode or is just you know, just has forgotten what I'm talking about, myself, uh, my good friend uh, Alex uh, Crowley and Ollie Cotton, they both live over in the UK. We are uh, have kind of taken on as a three man triumvirate. Uh, to uh, bring back to life uh, Nintendo's uh, lost arcade game, Skyskipper. Okay? And so you can go check out our website. It is www.skyskipperproject.com. Okay? Now, what I will say is by the time that this episode drops and is made available on iTunes and the Google Play Store and Xbox Music and all that, by the time everybody hears this, all right, um, I will have the uh, I will have the um, the true website uh, published. Okay, right now, as as of today, the, the Wednesday that we're recording, uh, the placeholder site that we've been running, Brent, for about the past month is still in place. Okay, mm-hmm. but I've been working feverishly on the actual website that details the that details the the project chronicles. Okay. We've got that loaded with, I think right now, I think we're going to go live. Okay. When we go live, we should have four blog posts up uh, on the, on the site, as well as talking about project history and everything like that. And, uh, you know, some historical, uh, historical game information, uh, a project timeline, a game timeline and everything like that. So the site's going to have some pretty neat features. And I'm, I'm looking forward, Brent, to parlaying what I've learned building this site to rebuilding our site. Okay, so I'm so this has actually gotten me pumped up to after this site is done to work on to work on I guess kind of reskinning our website, you know, the broken token site because there's so much now that I've learned that I can do that that I that I would want to do to rework our site as well. So this is actually this has actually served a couple a couple purposes from an educational standpoint. So so nonetheless, um, when we when we publish the site. There is going to be uh, there is going to be a, a fairly big reveal about the project status, okay. And if you've not checked the site out, then I'm, I'm going to go ahead and drop this nugget for everybody, okay. But you'll want to go to the website to get more information. So, one of the huge things, Brent, and uh, you know, based upon the feedback that we've gotten uh, about the project so far, is a lot of people have asked, "How are you guys going to complete this project when you have no access to artwork?" The game was never released, and it doesn't exist. Okay, so how how do you even how can you even make the claim that you're going to finish this game and release it and it be historically accurate? Because you never doubt Whitney Roberts. Well, I, all I'm going to say is go to the website and check out the picture that is plastered all over the front page of the website, and there is a small blog post that that kind of clues into this. 
And I will say, we are purposely going to release the detailed information probably over the next couple of weeks in a series of blog posts. But Brent, uh, I can guarantee you that we will be able to finish this project and it will be historically accurate because we did get access to the one and only Skyskipper arcade game that exists on the face of planet Earth. And we can reproduce the artwork. This game will be historically accurate and it will show and it's going to show awesome is what it's going to do. Now, the story that it took to get us to that point and where does that game sit and how did we get access to it? That's another story for another day. But just go to the website, skyscraperproject.com, check it out. And you, you'll you see something that I that I think is truly amazing. Because it's the only, it, it's the first time in 30 plus years that Skyskipper has seen the light of day. And uh, you'll get to see what an honest, what a bonafide Skyskipper cabinet was supposed to look like. Because it was, it when I say the game was unfinished, Brent, the game was never was the the only part of it that was truly unfinished is the control panel overlay. Okay, uh, the rest of the game was finished to production quality, and so the game that that we got access to um, was as complete as it possibly can be or it could be. But uh, honestly, this is the first time that it's ever seen the light of day in 30, 35 years. Okay, so, that, so it's, it's it, Brent, this is, it's so awesome. That's it's unbelievable so awesome. news, especially when you realize that, um, that some of the, the tech press and then some of the gaming press have carried a few stories as of late on the console side yes. of some things that have made their way out of the indiana jones-esque storage facility that we envision nintendo to have oh yeah so um you know on the arcade side whitney and company have something much larger in several senses of that term yeah um to to reveal to the world yes and i would even go so far as to say that we have been uh granted uh, we, we've we've been granted the opportunity of a lifetime, and it's uh, it's awesome to have the support that we have, and the interest level that we have in the project to, well, ma- to make this happen. You still have all your limbs up. Lift your shirt up. Let me make sure you're not missing a. You don't have a yeah, scar from no, like a no, no, kidney. I, no, no, I've not bled out from from any okay. from any bathtub excursion okay, or anything right. like that. So I'm. I good, just want to make sure there that. wasn't a kidney, you know, given for this. No, 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 okay. no, no. There, there was cool, not. Cool, cool. There was not. Um, so yeah. So so go to, go to the website. Check out the picture. Uh, I th- you you. There's no way it cannot put a smile on your face, because this is uh, this is essentially. Uh, this is essentially rounding out a piece of arcade history that, uh, for all rights and purposes, was just was just going to be lost forever, Brent. And um, so, know, aside from the website, which yeah. is going to be monumental, yeah. Uh, there's there. I know there's another way. How's this for a lead? There's <laughs> got to be another way for folks to get updates I'll, sent right to I, them I, I, on the project. I love you. I, lo- does, I love what you do. How man. does that happen, Whitney? <laughs> if so, so I wanted to have updates brought yeah, right to me, just straight to your inbox. What you do? Just go, go to the website right now, and if you scroll to the very bottom of the page, you can subscribe to our newsletter. Okay, we've already sent out one newsletter about the project, and as soon as the site goes live. 
Live will be sending out the second subscriber newsletter. All right. And I would highly suggest that you register. And once the site goes live and, and we take the placeholder site down, you'll still be able to register. We'll have it right there on the sidebar of the site where you can register for the newsletter. And uh, and then we'll, we'll be publishing newsletters. And, and we're going to try to mix the content up a little bit where the newsletter is not just a straight rip of what's on the website. Uh, so we won't burden people's email, but I figure if you register for the newsletter, you, you want information and you're interested in this project. And at, at last at last count, Brent, we had almost 50 people registered for the newsletter. And I thought that was pretty, I thought that was pretty amazing, yeah, to be for, quite honest with you. For basically just a, a, a <laughs> yes. I guess, like a soft announcement initially. It, it, for for yes. what has essentially been a soft announcement. Yes. That's exactly right. And we put the placeholder site up just so that we could start to talk about it and just start to generate a little bit of interest. And uh, it's it's been pretty wild, Brent. I mean, you know, n- you know, Nintendo Life picked it up, and it's just, um, yeah, it, it's it, it's been something. So, so yeah, so I I have I have resisted putting this on our Facebook page because I wanted at the time that I put it on, and I and I'm going to put up a post about this once the site goes live. Brent, I've wanted it to be substantial, and I've wanted it to be to be something that we can point back to and that we can talk about and that will have progression to it, okay? The placeholder site right now is just there to... Uh, is just there to essentially have it's a founder's claim that allows mm-hmm. us to at least refer to something but that that website will not live on for probably any longer than another two or three days at the at the time that we're recording this okay so um so yeah i, I just i really appreciate uh, all the work that has gone into this and the people that i will eventually be able to talk about that i cannot talk about right now well what is good i will say this I did talk to one of the, the one of our quote unquote our internal sponsors earlier today, and he did clear me to use his name at the appropriate time. So I'm very happy that we'll over time we'll be able I think to release more and more of the information about the backstory of of the project itself. What I will say though is definitely keep an eye on the website because I would think by somewhere around mid-November we will have everything worked out to where we will make the official announcements as to where we're going to do the U.S. reveal of Skyskipper and the U.K. reveal of Skyskipper in 2017. Okay, so that's that's all I can say about it at this point, Brent. But uh, yes. We're going to get this thing done, and it's going to be epic. So that's that, Brent. I've that's be, that's it. It's going to be a big 2017. It will be, and you know something? It's going to be big for Alex. It's going to be big for Ollie. It's going to be big for me. It's going to be big for the show. I mean, it, I mean, this is, you know, this is kind of a you know a home Dude, show you, project. You can't and, get much bigger than us. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that derailed and, and, you totally. And, and, yeah, did it. it did. Actually. You were so excited, and then you just yeah, went. It's pew, like that. <laughs> because I'm trying to figure out how do I pick that back up off the floor. But uh, but no, I mean this is going to be something that that, that we're going to be tied to. It'll be big for the podcast. It'll be big for for us for the brand. It'll be big for. I mean, Brent, it's just it's just going to be it's going to be huge. And so I'm I'm just really really excited about this. And, Don't say uh, epic. Don't yeah, say epic. Yeah, I will not say that. Okay. So uh, so yeah. So it, it's going to be sweet. So anyway, dude. That's what I've been working on, and I, you know, and, and quite honestly, I'm, I'm going to be happy to kind of get over this, over the hump with Skyskipper, so to speak, because, uh, like I say, working on the website has kind of reinvigorated me for what I want to do for our website, and so I, I, there's, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of you know kind of recharged my batteries a bit, and I'm just looking forward to doing some other stuff as well, but uh, but we're going to get Skyskipper to do, and it's going to be done right, so I, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, Whitney, I know it's going to be a big reveal. I know some of that backstory and yeah. um, 
I know I'm excited about it. Dude, I can only imagine you, how excited you are yeah, about it. It's 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 awesome because you know more you know more than anybody else on the face of planet Earth outside of Alex, Ali, and myself. You know, ladies so, and gentlemen, if I disappear, yeah, yeah. I am not in any way, shape, or form <laughs> depressed or suicidal. But Whitney did it to me. Yes, you know, yeah. just passing that along. No, it's all it's all good. But uh, but that that's that's what I've had going on for this month, Brent. So hey, I, I tell you what, man, well, dude, why don't we hit a potty break real okay, quick? And, yeah. Let me circle back to something real quick because yeah, I can okay. close this loop. While you were uh, discussing Skyskipper I, uh, with a little Google Foo, it was Riptor on claw fantastic and Riptor actually runs twisty wrist arcade and that he, site and he, and he lists those on his site and they're uh, on his site and i'll have a link in the show notes oh. and now it doesn't say i went game specific and i went cubert you, you demand uh i haven't looked to see if there was a mad planets but it won't just, matter it won't matter they're they're they're, they're the same okay yeah, yeah. well it's listed as um looks like a bu- couple bottle cap transistors a couple other transistors uh some big resistors filter cat all kinds of stuff it's 22.50 you know something that's well worth it because that's 22 dollars and 50 cents that that relieves a, a significant burden and will help my game play better so i'm i'm all in and you know me brand i'm not opposed to anything i can you do know, to save some time it, so yeah i was gonna say you know, but do it in the right way yeah just let me qualify it, that but do it in the it right way it is well worth it just to buy the kit versus trying to source all these individually yes. so yeah 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 it's all yeah. Good. it's all good so all right dude what i'm looking forward to is segment number two did you see my title on the next I segment yes and we'll call segment number two reflections on a big butted ghost So, Whitney, in keeping with Halloween, <laughs> yes, I think we should, in a very dignified, broken token manner, <laughs> okay, reflect on a big butted ghost. Uh, let's let's do it. I've been wanting to do this for quite some time, <laughs> and uh, this yes. that was very NPR like. It, it was, it was, it, but you know something, we we got to amp it up a bit. But the time the time of the year is right that we can uh, that we can you know throw Slimer on the table and and give him a good once over. So, so yeah, have what, have at it, Brent. What we're go- what we were going to talk about is our Ghostbusters pinball machines. Yep, listeners of the show knows that we have been in on Ghostbusters premiums for months, for months, months. At, yeah, you looked it up, Whitney. I think that we first made the order in late july it was the third week of july is, okay. is when we placed is when we officially placed our order so i'm actually going to bring a calendar up here so we are now in the final week of october mm-hmm. and then we had or i had a mini unboxing party here at the house yeah. whitney came friend of the show jimmy litzy came christy's dad <laughs> yeah yeah, you know, oh, yeah he he in his career has unboxed hundreds if not thousands of pinball machines yes and he wanted to experience it because you know he hasn't bought as a retired operator he hasn't bought a machine in several years and of course the the dollars go up and you know maybe one day we keep threatening to have him on the show we need to get the dollars of the day translated into 2016 dollars and see how much they've actually changed yes you know he, if you ask him, he has a good idea of what a, a title cost. Yeah. So, yeah, we could probably do that. Regardless, yeah. he wanted to see it. And then I had my family over, and I let my niece and my nephew play the first games. And 
I'll tell you, Whitney. Okay, so uh, anyway, the calendar. So you said the end of July. Mm-hmm. So that's. I mean, we're we're three weeks, three months, and a week. August, September, October, October. Yeah. So yeah, about good three months. Uh huh. Thirteen weeks, somewhere mm-hmm. around in there. Yeah. They landed in Louisville, and uh, uh, actually, I sat on the game for right about a week. Yeah. And we were just. I wanted my family to come over. It was the first new game I've ever gotten, and probably will ever buy. Don't say that. Uh, we talked about Back to the Future earlier. Yeah. You know, if I yeah. may be banging my head into this mic, if so, if somebody <laughs> announces Back to the Future, uh, you know, I yeah. might be buying an alien so I can, from Highway, if I can kit it to a Back to the Future, we'll there, see. There you go. Yeah, kit it to a Back to the Future. You know. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yes. Um, anyway, so last Friday, Friday of this record, from this recording, we had a, uh, an unboxing party here with with family and close friends, Whitney, yeah. Jimmy, my sister, my brother-in-law, my niece, and my it nephew. Was, I mean, it was fun. I mean, unboxing a new pinball machine is, it's a rite of passage, isn't it? I mean, it's its something its something that everybody ought to be able to experience at some point. It's just cool. It's just neat. Well, I... They, they, I, s- they smell good, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I passed my rite of passage. There you go. Now, I, I was kind of expecting... Uh, come on, Brent, get it open. Let's play it. But no, 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 no. We were we were very respectful. Yeah, and everybody very, very, was very dainty, dainty about it. Yes, actually, yes, yes. So we can gingerly take it out. You know, yes. it's like you're. It's like when you get a new car. You know, you don't want to. You don't want that first scratch to happen. Yes. Unbox the game, and uh, you know, we set it up and we started to play. I let my niece and my nephew had the first game, and uh, asked my sister how we were going to do it and how we decided who got the first ball and yeah. To my surprise, they had already decided Emma is 13, 13. Okay. Logan is 10, and they had already worked it out, and they each took a flipper. They they looked at it and said, we, we've got it. Yeah. We started a game, and uh, Logan took one flipper, and Emma took the other flipper, yeah. and they played a three-ball game, and they split it. it yeah. Was, it was awesome. Now, that didn't last long, though, because no. after that, they 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 start, they start they rank and filed after that. Yes. So, yeah. And I noticed um, my, my niece has played pinball quite a bit here, and I mentioned on the last show that I hosted her 13th birthday party. Yeah. And of course, she had her girlfriends here and sharing, you know, other video games and teaching them about the games. Yeah, she didn't really focus, but she focused, and she it was no time, Whitney. I noticed she got that that kind of that leg back, that leg forward, kind of half running sprint stance with the lean over the game, and she was she was definitely in it. <laughs> oh, she was. There, there is no de- there is no doubt yeah. about it. She was. She was. She 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 had her game face on and she was getting into the rhythm of the game. So and it's amazing how quickly that happened as well. Yeah, because she wasn't just standing there hitting the flipper buttons. She w- she literally took a stance. Oh, at yeah. the she game. was she yeah. was concerned so about she was the concerned, life of that ball. She was in it and she you could tell she was studying. So yeah. Now and I've seen Logan. Logan's shorter at ten. So he can't really get there just yet. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you noticed it. At one point in the evening, he pulled a stool over to F14 and just started playing F14. He did. I, just yeah, played I, I saw, it I saw him play that. Yeah. And played it. Yeah. And he sat on that stool so he could see it. So, <laughs> yay for yeah. pinball. Yeah. Oh, no. Pinballs, it's it's wonderful that way. Right. No doubt. So the moral of the story is, is Ghostbusters is in the homestead. And yeah. it's also in Whitney's house. Yes. Yes. So I, I've got mine. I, it has made it into the house i've uh, taken it down to the game room i've unpacked it 
but uh, Brent, in, in classic Whitney fashion, uh, I've got a few irons in the fire, and I didn't really have time to set it up and power it up and i'm not going to do that until eh, i'm i'm honestly i'm a few i'm a few weeks out from being able to do that because as we're going to talk are, now through, the legs on it huh are no the legs on no, it no the legs okay. are not on so, it okay what, i mean what was the impetus for at least getting it out was it just to make sure nothing was damaged yeah i just and, i just wanted okay. to put some eyes on it because if there was a problem with it i wanted to go ahead and get it and, and get it sorted rather than it just sit in a box for a month you know something gotcha. like that but here's the thing. I, I mean, as we talked about in, in the previous segment, I, I mean, honestly, Brent, I'm, I'm between work and personal obligations and everything like that. I've got a commitment for the Skyskipper project, and that is commanding a lot of my a lot of my cycles right now. So, uh, you know, I'll get to the Ghostbusters. I'll definitely have it up and going for Thanksgiving uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt. So that's at this point, that's what, three and a half weeks away, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not worried about it. It, it, it'll, it'll happen and it'll be a, it'll be great fun to play over the Thanksgiving holiday. I'm so looking forward to that. But I am glad that I'm approaching it this way because uh, you and I have made some observations yep. and we have learned some things. Learned some things about the game straight up, and and it's going to um, it's going to change how I approach this game from a new in box standpoint because I'm a little I'm a little concerned, Brent. And I think I made the statement before we started recording is that this game is not a setup and start to play. You can do that, but the game needs the game needs a few things mm-hmm. before it's before it's what I would consider run ready. You and, know? I, and I asked Whitney this before uh, we sat down to record because Whitney's had ACDC in box. Tron in Tron box. box and Iron Man in box. And Iron Man in box. And I'm telling you, dude, this is what happens to you. And they, I mean, and they all came out and they were ready to go. Ready to rock and roll. Dude, not a single problem with any of them. In Ghostbusters, they're all pros. Uh, my, my three other machines are pros. Okay, of course, we bought up for the premiums. I don't think that would matter at this point, Brent, because from what I understand, you know, there's, there's just... There's been refinements to the game mm-hmm. as it is as it, it as it has been, as it has matured on, on from a production stand, production quality standpoint. This game is just going to require a little bit of uh, tweaking and uh, dialing in before I'm going to slide it into a row and call it done. And, and that's exactly what I'm going through. Yes, so. exactly. So yeah. let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Okay, yeah, yeah, let's do that. I, right. I'm, I'm concerned about how you titled this particular section, <laughs> uh, and I title it. Old Stern, how I love to hate thee. And, and you know something? Just I'll pull the curtain back on the show just here for a few minutes. Brent and I make elaborate show notes. Everybody <laughs> may not know that, but Brent and I sit here and we've got our laptops up and we got our, we got our one note going and we're sitting here and we're we're both co-editing our show notes and 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 we we do this the week running up to the show and he and I are both editing the show notes and I can see him adding stuff and I add stuff and everything like that and it's funny because so much of what we have in the show notes. It winds up verbally in the in the show, but nobody ever gets to see our show notes, you know. <laughs> and you know what? And I think if they did see our show notes, they would go, "Man, those guys!" That, that, well, I'm, yeah, I'm kind we, of impressed. We, you know? we need not to publish yeah, these. But we, so we, yeah, don't yeah, ask. We'll never yeah. do that because we would hate to we'd hate to pain people in that way. But it's funny because we make these little notes to ourselves. And we've got these little titles and everything. And Brent called this Old Stern. How I love to hate thee. And when I was reading it, I could even feel the deflation in 
in the sentence as I was reading it, you know? So, <laughs> well, yeah. So anyway, Brent, even, yeah, even go past on. that, yeah, it's I, like, I waxed on here, but yeah, like go on. Ghostbusters. What in the world? <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. Observations. Yes, yes, yes. So, and I missed this observation. Uh, you get a free t-shirt. Oh yeah, dude, we get a free t-shirt. Yeah, Can you believe get, that? We need to do that. Yeah. I, before free t-shirt disappears. Yeah, before free t-shirt day is over. Is over, yes. Yeah. So before I get into my observations, a couple of things I want to make a note of. I, I do like the game. I love the game. Yeah, and, and I do as well. I mean, I do. I love the game. We, I, we've talked about the rec bar game, the pro. I've played it. I, I love it. I've played this game, the premium. When, when the party was over, it had 41 plays on it. It's probably got 50 on it now. Uh, it should have some more but it doesn't because of some of the stuff I'm about to talk about. So, but I love the game, even yeah. at early yeah. code, the, you know, my game has one Oh five on it. Yeah. And they recently announced one Oh something. I thought it was, was 1.10. Was it 1.1? I think it's 1.10. And yeah. it took like 45 seconds and uh, <laughs> the that, internet broke it. Yeah, wide open. It's like, this has a scoring bug and you yeah. know, it, put in features that that basically make the game easier that any collector is going to disable yes and right off the bat in the first game okay well this this bug this score has got a bug in it this bug this bug so i suspect any day now there's going to be a a, a dot five a dot oh five release or something <laughs> yeah, to update one, it. one dot yeah. or something so yeah. right now my my game is still running the the 105 that it came with out of the box um let me let me read this here real quick too. So, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going into this kind of with bated breath. I want to give the game a fair shake, but okay. uh, I'm also not going to hold anything back. I mean, at the end oh, of the that, day, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, you paid your money. Yes. You're entitled to your opinion. Yes, that's exactly right. And at the end of the day, technically, uh we collectively myself you and then another friend of ours in town simultaneously brought three premiums into louisville yeah and so that's a twenty thousand dollar tick yeah. is what that is if you think about if you think about the money that was that actually changed hands you know, over the course, and I'm approximating that it's not wasn't exactly yeah. that. I'm just by the time you spend eighteen thousand nine hundred, just call it twenty because that that's what you've done. You yeah. know, if so, you yeah. if you take a look at the picture that's now at the header of our Facebook page, it's Whitney's and my game. But what you don't know is there's a third game sitting next to it. Yeah, so, yeah, there is. There um, is. There's a three game group by kind of it, if you will, in this in th that went into this. So anyway, um. I wanted to, wanted to call this out real quick, and this relates to Pinball Expo that just happened, and then Stern had their birthday party, and that got a lot of, I'm going to make air quotes here that no one can see, press in the in the gaming community, yeah, because, you know, they threw a party, but they sold you tickets, and I think it was like cash for food, and, you know, and then the comparison was made to the high bar set by Pinball Life, who basically just says, show up, I've got a huge fridge of, of beverages, adult and otherwise, and food, and all the pinball you want. Oh, and I'm going to open my my warehouse and cut your deals on anything you buy. Here's a basket. Go back and fill it up. Yeah, it, I, I mean, I've got to admit, you know, when we went to Pinball Expo, 
Um, how many years ago was that, Brent? Three, I believe. I think it was three. Yeah, yeah. we that, missed two expos. I so, believe. so it was it was three years ago. Yeah. Um, your the, the pinball life party is is second to none. I, it was the first time I'd ever experienced it, and I don't know what their final bill is for putting on that party, but I respect them. I respect oh, them for doing it. I, I really did. They strung lights up. They yes. made it look like it was just, it was unbelievable. It and, was, it was. You know, it they didn't have it this year. Right? You know that, right? Oh, no, I did not. Fire marshal. Oh, from what man, I understand. because it's just gotten so big, I guess. I or guess. What? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, which I didn't understand because I think it had to do with escape from the building. But from what I recall, there was huge warehouse doors at either end. I mean, you could have dump, driven a dump truck through there. I see. Okay. But I, gotcha. I don't know. I don't yeah, know the local but laws. Fire, fire code is what fire code and is. And it's all secondhand. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not sure. Regardless. Okay. We're, we're wandering. Yeah. So this year at. <laughs> that never happens. That never happens. Yeah, never this happens. year, Expo. Stern had their birthday party, and Pinball News bought a ticket. And you know the gentleman's name. I can't recall his yeah, name. Yeah, it's, it's Mar- Martin Arab. I, I think that's how you pronounce it. Just a super nice guy. I met him when we were at Pinball Expo and uh, talked with him for a few minutes. And uh, just a salt-of-the-earth kind of guy. Puts a lot of effort into his site, pinballnews.com. So great site. I, I wanted to read this, and the link to the page that this text is taken from is going to be in our show notes. Okay. And this is from Pinball News. While JJP Deep Dive event was taking oh, excuse me, while the JJP Deep Dive event was taking place, Stern Pinball were holding their 30th anniversary party at the Viper Alley concert venue in Lincolnshire. Sadly, despite purchasing a $30 ticket, Pinball News was banned from the party by Stern Pinball for suggesting their $15,000 Batman 66 Super Limited Edition machine might be a little overpriced. You know... um Okay, go, go ahead. So, go ahead. Well, for, first of all, that's a pretty soft landing. I, I would have been rather <laughs> irritated if I if I paid my money. Yes. Regardless of who I was or what I, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm an individual that has a blog or a, I might have tweeted that or somebody heard me say that in the parking lot. It wasn't an invitation only. Now, of course. It's their event. They can do whatever they want. But they can. At you're, the end of the right. day, right. it's it was obvious to Pinball News that it was in retaliation for their commentary. Uh huh. And that and that's I think that's the thing that, that disappoints me the most. And I know Brent, there's there's likely another side to the story. But why would Martin why would Martin frame it any other way? I mean, you can you can look any other way than than how he saw it as the truth. And mm-hmm. you can look at his website and and you can see his. Um, you can see his resume, his resume, and the pedigree of the work that he does, and the years that he has poured into covering not only that venue, and that that expo, mm-hmm. but just game code updates and play, you know, playthrough and rule explanations, and just you know, breaking news in the pinball industry. I mean, if if Martin decided if if uh, Martin decided to pack his bags and go home, we've all lost something. Absolutely. Okay? So yes, uh, that's that's the thing, and I, I feel bad for him because I don't. In my perspective, he he was not done right. Oh, and I would absolutely agree. And like I said, even that that statement. That's a very soft landing. He I mean, was being kind. He was being very kind. Yes. I mean, it could have it, it could have come out in, in a in a much more stern, no pun intended, uh, 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 attitude. And then even right after that, he said, "However, 
thanks to Gary Flower, we were able to bring you some pictures from the event. And then he took time on his, uh, you know, time and uh, space on his site and posted pictures from the event that he was banned. That he was banned from. He was banned from. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, this is kind of, you know, I don't know where to go with this. And, and I know that this has been discussed on other shows and that, and actually, you if you want to want to think about it, this happens in a lot of aspects of life. I'm sure, not only in the, I know in the U.S., but I, I, I'm sure in other countries. How long do you let things happen to you before you just say, "All right, I'm done. I'm done," or or take or take the hard stand and play yeah, and, and play, take the hard stand and, and essentially throw the ball back as it was thrown to you. You know, and I think we're all reasonable people. I would, I would probably take it, you know, take it on the chin a couple times before, I, before it really started to bother me. But there's going to be a point where it's just like, listen, this isn't, this isn't this fair, isn't, yeah. and it's not right. You, eventually, you know, I, and I don't think Stern is surviving on the collector community. I really don't, you know, because from what I understand, there's still a, a pretty thriving location pinball community overseas yeah, i think a lot of their yeah. overseas games go location where the majority and i've heard this in, uh, in interviews over over the years with gary um a lot of their u.s games are going to the collector market the overseas games tend to go on location okay so you know we're not collectors aren't the business but i would say that you know my guess is is that we're a substantial portion of the the income Okay, and eventually you get to the point where you it's death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. And as you you continue, I don't know if if our our listeners around the world have ever heard that that phraseology, but basically it's like a slow it's a slow death. Yeah. You're not going to do one thing that that does you in that ends whatever is going on. You do thousands of little things that all add up to finally you know, the, the, a completion the, the, of something. The, the, yeah. Just wind up doing you in. It wind up doing it, you yeah, in. Not complete, a physical death. No, but no, no, that's, no, no, yeah. no. But it, whether it be, whether it be a change in your business model or right. whether it be, you know, loss of profit or whether it be a, a combination of life. anything or even in your personal yeah. life. Yeah. It, it, essentially the, essentially that circle comes back around full. So it just, it makes me wonder when we're finally going to get to the point when the envelope is going to be pushed enough, you're going to have that final little scratch, that final little nick, that final little cut. And the I'm trying to think of how many, how many, uh, uh, whatever pun, not puns, Whitney, how, how much stuff can I work into one sentence? Yeah. How many analogies? <laughs> that is, how many analogies? Eventually, that bubble is going to push out so far that even the people that are buying the $15,000 machines are going to be like, I am done i'm I'm done i am done with this so how does this relate back to ghostbusters okay as whitney mentioned there's been a lot of just conversation having to do with the game and then what you might have to do to get it out of the box once it comes out of the box yeah ghostbusters seems to have been the the boiling point for the ghosting conversation that we had earlier Okay, it seems to be the okay stern. We as a community are are drawing a line in the sand. You need to figure something out. Mm-hmm. And the other shows have talked about where uh, the other shows like uh, Taylor and Tommy show this flipping podcast and O'Don and Jeff over at Pinball Podcast, where they have talked about stern 
discussing like play field trade programs. You provide pictures. I don't know the specifics. Hopefully I don't have to ever know the specifics. Yeah. And if they accept it, then they will trade you a complete play field, a oh. populated play field as I understand it. Uh-huh. So finally it looks like something is happening. Okay. And again, I don't know how bad these issues like with the, the clear coat were going back the last couple of games Ghostbuster seems to be the edge of that bubble, however. Yeah. Now, my game, my observations, and the things that just make me just literally just kind of roll my eyes. Well, and, and you know what, Brent? I'll I tell you what. Uh, it's probably best that you run through these, mm-hmm. okay? And I'll try to I'll try to not be the the grand interrupter as i as i've I've heard it uh as i've heard it uh cat you know capped a few times on on some other podcasts that i think oh you interrupt you're funny but i'm going to love to revisit this let's say in in a month after i've got after i've Mm -hmm. had mine opened up and see if the experience was similar see if the experience is similar yeah exactly so i'd say you know aim your gun fire away and then let's talk about uh let's talk about what what we're going to do out of the box you know to from a remedy perspective okay yeah so out of the box my flippers i feel are aligned correctly and there's people that have had conversations about that uh, I've seen in pin on pin side some of the threads I have happened to pay attention to those threads um, on Ghostbusters and by aligned I mean they're they're even one may be lower the, the misalignment would be one's lower than the other you know it's obvious that they're not even and that's a pretty I mean your flipper and your flipper buttons that's your interface to the game you kind of want at least to cover that base you want that basic covered in quality assurance flippers were aligned Uh, another point of concern was the shooter lane some of these games are developing a huge chip in the shooter lane with under 50 plays my game is right about there it looks fine so i feel i feel good about that what's bothersome though is look over here to your left whitney adams Mm -hmm. um csi (laughs) a stern game Uh uh-huh Tomcat and high speed. Yeah, I, their shooter lanes aren't torn up. Yeah, and, and how and how old are they? Well, CSI is the newest, and oh, okay. what is it? Early thousands? Yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, let's, I mean, let's let's look have it to up. look it up. I'm going to look it up right now. Just so out of curiosity. you know, the the game with the most play on it was Adams because it was heavily routed. Yeah, and it might have a little. I think it's got a little dimple in it. But the pictures I've seen, it looks like somebody hit it with a hammer, and it's just. How, how could you do that after having history building these games? I don't know. Hopefully mine, hopefully ours holds up. Right now, it's looking good. Um, you know something? Here's what's, here's what's interesting. You were thinking uh, last week when I was here, you were uh, thinking CSI was White Star, but it's it's not. It's Sam. Oh, it is Sam. It is okay. Sam. Okay. Yeah, and it's 2008. November okay. 2008. So it's 2008. Uh-huh. So that game is eight-ish years old. Well, November 2008. November 2008. So it's coming up on eight years old. It's coming up on eight years yeah. old, yes. But And you can tell the build quality on it's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's, I don't, it's, it's a well-built game. I you can really tell. don't think that that game is pretty dirty, actually. I've just dusted it out. Uh-huh. I don't think that game's ever been a part. Oh, From really? what I can tell, I don't think it's ever been majorly a part. No. You know, I don't think CSI, not to derail. Yeah, okay, I need to stop. <laughs> I don't think the game gets its fair share. I, it's fair shake. I like the game. I think it's, I think it's I pretty fun to play. Yeah. I do, too. That's yeah. why I want, one of the reasons I wanted it. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, it's already 
kind of obvious that there's two playfield manufacturers or at least a couple different runs or maybe issues with coloration because there's a a version where the ghostbusters have a brownish jumpsuit and there's a version where they're more greenish and it's very obvious so i've got the brown jumpsuit version and now that whitney you know about that you can see what you've got i'll ch- i'll check now yeah, our serial numbers check. are just two games apart just two right? games apart but you know something that doesn't have to mean anything no it doesn't have to mean anything it doesn't have to mean a thing so so you caught my playfield build date i'm like september september 22nd 22nd yeah okay and, and you know something what's interesting about that is you play that forward to the 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 playfield build date versus when we did our pickups and you know, Brent. I mean, from uh, let's say from from you know from from crate to box cutter, that thing was only like three weeks tops, yep. if that. You know, I need to look and run around behind the game and see what the build date is on the whole game. On the whole game yep. itself, yes, yes. So, it came out of the box a premium with Ellie apron stickers on it. <laughs> can I can I give now, you my uh, my throw on that? Yeah, I was gonna say. You you give uh, I'm going to go check the build date on the cabinet because I can't remember. Go ahead with it. So here's the thing, uh, and I you know something I I don't know what other Ghostbusters owners may think about this, but um but this is the thing that really really surprised me as soon as we pulled the game out of the out of the cardboard box, is that it's a premium machine. Of course, uh, you know of course black legs, black armor, black rails, black hinges, black everything. And what do you have on the apron? But you have the LE apron stickers on it with the green slime halos uh, around the stickers. And I immediately, that immediately just turned me off because, I, I mean, Brent, I'll go so far as to say I didn't like it at all. And it, it just seemed completely out of place from a color scheme and a motif perspective. If we had ordered LEs, I would totally be fine. I'd totally be fine with having slime all over those stickers because it would fit the game. Now, you look at you look at this game and outside of the artwork, it you know, with the, outside of the obvious artwork differences, it looks very much like a pro. You know, from from a fit and finish perspective, okay. Mm-hmm. And and I the the apron stickers just to me just look completely out of place for the game. Um, it just completely broke the flow of the game, and I I went so far. I, I you know when I opened up my game, that's the very first thing that I looked at. And in you know, here Brent, we got to keep it family friendly. Yeah, Dag Nabbit and. <laughs> My apron had, and my apron had uh, the LE stickers on it as well. And you know what I did? I called up Stern and I complained. And I said, I don't, you know, here I am. I've I've dropped this coin on a premium. And I said, and these, I got a big booger on and it. I, and it looks like I've got green, <laughs> sli- green slime sliding all over the apron in my game. And I cannot unsee that. I cannot stand that. And I know first world problems. I get it, but when you pay your money, you do you do feel like you are at least owed at least owed satisfaction. How about that? Yeah, I I don't want to call anybody out per se. I'm not going to. But it it just wasn't any, as easy as it, and you can correct me. I, I'm I'm putting words in your mouth. It wasn't as easy as calling up and saying and getting a hold of someone in customer service and saying, "Hey, just give me some stickers." I've got. A brand new premium. Yeah. I just slid it out of the box, and um, it's got the wrong art on it. Yeah, it, I mean, you know, I, I had to, I had to make my case a little bit. Okay, and, and that I, just it yeah. t- to me, I looked at it like they were building games, and they just. 
they pulled stuff out of the bin and yes. it didn't matter if a went with b yeah and that's that's what i feel that's what i felt like when i saw the apron okay i'm like what is this thing got le stickers on it for this it looks completely out of place i would have expected it to have either um either stickers for the premium or the pro stickers. And I did a little bit of research on Pinside and apparently there are some people that have premiums that, that their apron had the pro stickers on them. They posted a picture. It matches. It flows with, it flows mm-hmm. with the color scheme of the game. And, um, and so there's and different just, stickers and, for all three levels. No, no, there's not. There, okay. There's, there's, Pro stickers, and then there's LE stickers. Then there's LE stickers, and the LE stickers are used on the premiums. Okay, Okay. at least on the majority of the premiums. Okay, and so to to me, if it didn't really bother me at first until we stepped back, because I was well. Now that I've talked you down this road, I'm sure it 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 bothers you. Yeah, and so so Brent, I will say that after calling Stern, I had to talk. I had to talk with him on the phone for a few minutes, and I could tell initially they were not wanting to do this at all. Okay, they they just they just truly had no real interest in sending me the stickers. But I will say that that the the gentleman that I spoke with. He he was fair about it after I made my case, and he understood where I was coming from. I showed him a picture of what I was talking about, and I, I, I told him, I'm like, this just doesn't look right. And I said, and after I have paid X number of thousands of dollars, and I, I told him, and I, I'm not afraid to swing this card because it's it, I'm not telling a lie. It is the truth. Mm-hmm. I told him, it's like, listen, I've got three other games that i bought from you new in box i said i'm, I'm not a you know it, it's I, I i'm a fan of your product and i said and i have paid for this premium machine all i'm asking for is the set of stickers that look right on the machine and and after talking with him he he said send me your information i'll go back and i'll i'll talk to i'll talk it over and i'll let you know and, and, and all that and, for stickers and, and all that for stickers and and i thought okay all right okay there's okay i get it because brent you can't argue with somebody who's trying to help you out okay yeah at, at least not at least not immediately and or, and I, or I didn't want to uh in my my inside voice said it's just a set of stickers you know and uh, but anyway and so he emailed me back and he said listen we're going to take care of you we're going to send you out a set of stickers and true to their word they ups'd me out a set of, of stickers they're they're due in tomorrow i haven't seen them yet but i do have tracking number and so uh brent as soon as i get them you'll get a text message and you'll see what i got okay yeah because i'm and, gonna have and, to pay and, attention now and and now you're see. gonna have to pay attention and uh and see and i will i'll hold them up on my machine on my apron so you can see what i'm talking about uh, and if you decide to pursue that route, then you then I'll give you the information so that you can make the call and get that done for yourself. So to me, though, in the bigger and I agree with you on all those points, but to me, I'm looking at I'm stepping back and I'm looking at the bigger question, which is customer service, build quality, attention to detail. You know, now I'm going to draw a parallel and I'm going to tell you why it doesn't count. Back in the day when Adams was made, <laughs> when they okay, I, I mean, I love where you're going with he, this, and I and I understand why you're doing it. So yeah. they they had those gold edition Adams families, and there was a bunch of games that went out with the art mixed, where like the head had the gold art and the body had the standard, or okay. vice versa. Okay, those games back then they were going to the operators. 
Yeah. You know, that's where they were going. And operators, they didn't care. And Mr. Whoever didn't care. Yeah. You know, that game went, you know, I'm going to drill two holes. I'm going to take the game right out of the box. I'm going to drill two big, massive three eighths inch holes in the front of it. I'm going to put a lock bar on it and a padlock big enough to, you know, uh, thwart, thwart most honest people. Right. Yes. And, and, it's that gonna, thing, and that thing better start earning. And it's going to go on location. Yeah. I don't care. No yes. one's going to see the head. No one's going to see the cabinet. Don't yeah. care. Yeah. The world's changed. The market's changed. You're not you're not tripping over video games and pinball machines in the mall or at a gas station. Different world. And things like these details, I mean, that that, that matters. And, and like I said, it, it's it's stickers, but it, it's to me it, it speaks lar you know. I, I would have hoped that you could have called customer service and they would have said, How did that happen? That wasn't, okay, well, yeah, that wasn't the case. Mr. Mr. Um, Roberts, can we get your serial number and then we just need to you know yeah. that way we can correlate it in case we get more calls and then we we might have to have some education down on the line. Yeah, and you know something. I mean, I do want to say they Stern Stern made Stern made it right. You know, it, it when it was all said and done, I, I well, I'll know tomorrow, but I have no reason yeah. to believe that I won't. I should have the stickers that I feel that I should have. And people may be screaming, you know, through their car, you know, through through their car stereos right now, you know, at me saying, "But Whitney, that's the way the premiums that's that's the way the premiums come." It's like, okay, I get that. But it doesn't look right, <laughs> you know. At least to me, it doesn't look right. And um, I paid my money for my game, and I just I, so knowing now, that there's an option, it's like I feel that the game would look better with the other set of stickers on it, and that's what I want to be satisfied with my game. No, and to me now, now you're gonna have to screw with it. You're either gonna have to have a double, you're gonna have to have a double layer of stickers, mm-hmm. or you're gonna have to take that set of stickers off. And I'm sure there's a jig that they use to lay those stickers on straight. Yeah, and you're yeah. just gonna have to figure it out. Yeah, it's it's just gonna be time, is what it's gonna be. Just, yeah, just more time. All right, so on my game, yeah. uh, there's a subway on the premiums and the LEs, and this is on the right side of the playfield. If you hit the ramp, the left ramp, it comes along the back of the playfield, comes along the right side, and there's it drops down at a 45 degree angle in a wire in a wire form and it goes into the and i'm making quotes subway yeah and it actually says subway like a city subway and it pops back up uh, a little farther down the playfield. well if the ball falls in the subway um like has happened to my game in those 40 games 50 games a couple air balls it just fell in the subway it didn't follow that path it didn't have momentum to go and come back up. Hmm. Okay. It just fell in and settled and settled. Yeah. So if you look under the play field, there's actually a diverter. And what can happen is, is when you get in a mode, the diverter comes down and it directs the ball into a side channel and then it'll lock the ball for multi-ball. If the, if a ball just settles in there, there's a little, uh, drain, if you will, cast into the subway that the ball looks to settle into, and then it. And when I say little, I mean ever so slightly. You almost have to just rub your finger on the bottom of the the plastic, the subway plastic, to actually feel the little bump. It settles in that bump and it drains it over into that channel where the ball lock is, and then it can get served back to the playfield. Okay. I had to actually shim the inside edge of that subway ramp so that it had a tilt to it 
so the ball would actually drain. Was what was happening on my game is if I had an air ball or the ball didn't have enough momentum to actually come up out of the subway, it just sat there yeah. and look at me. Yeah. I mean, I could look down into the subway and see it. And eventually the game would go into ball search. And when it hit the solenoid that fired that diverter, the diverter actually comes down from the top. It doesn't like it's not like a little finger that comes from the side. Mm-hmm. Well, it would come down and nudge the ball just enough to push it so that when the when the coil released, it would finally fall over and then it could come back into the play field. And you just so if the ball fell in the subway, you were you just sat there and you just looked at the game and twiddled your thumbs for like until fifteen seconds until, until it, yeah. it found it. Fifteen, yeah. twenty seconds till it found it. Yeah, that's that's a problem. So I had to shim like I said, I had to shim the plastic uh subway to drop it down on that one side so that the ball would actually flow out of it and then you know it, it could get to a point where there was actually a vertical up kicker to throw it back up on the play field yeah the ghost target now this is kind of a central target to the game and uh, um it's right dead shot in the middle and you hit it to bring your slimer toy down and Slimer's a bash toy. On the pro, he hangs directly up over the play field, and he lowers down like on a boom. On the premium and the LE, and I'll talk a little bit more about it in a minute, he, he swings out. He's articulated. He's articulated. Yes. He'll swing left to right, and you actually have to hit, you know, you have to be able to hit a moving target yeah. as opposed to hit Slimer just kind of dangling, but ever so slightly floating up and down. He never floats up enough on the pro where you'll actually like get a ball under him that I remember. Yeah. He's just kind of there. Yeah. Whereas on the premium, the LE, he's swooping left to right, so you have to hit a moving target. And you know that is our $20 word for the show, right? What, swooping? No, articulated. Articulated. Yes, yes. exactly. Exactly. I'm going to go make a note of that so I don't forget it. So the ghost target on my game only worked about 25% of the time. You had to almost hit it like you were hitting it with a hammer. And we hit it a lot of times straight on, and it, the ball just come right off of it. Yeah. So I had to take that target out, and uh, yeah, I had to adjust the blade. and. That's something to me that should have been caught in quality control. This isn't working real well. Yeah. Let especially, me especially pulling adjust it, it out of the box. Yes, the Magnus slings, and this is this is more of a, per, a personal preference thing. I like the Magnus slings. I do too, man. I, I do. I dig them. I dig them. They're sweet. Well, I had to close the gap a little bit on the blade because they just weren't. I think why you weren't seeing a lot of activity out of them in the video is this, the factory gap. Uh-huh. I mean, you have to hit the, the rubber pretty solid before they do anything, before the switch closes. Yeah. You've only got one switch. We're on most slingshots, at least all the slingshots that I can remember, you've got two switches in that long and that, stretch of rubber. That, that, stretch, that, bar, that stretch of bar rubber. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. Well, on the Magnus slings, Stern cut a corner, in my opinion – and it's got one switch, and it's right in the middle. Hmm. So if you hit toward the upper or the lower portion of that tr- of of the slingshot yeah. of that long side of the triangle that is the slingshot, chances are you're not going to close the switch. You have to almost hit in that sweet spot, like dead center of that long side of the triangle, yeah. before the sling will do anything. Hmm. And it it took me seconds, and it. It, it made a world of difference. I yeah. mean, the Magnus slings are now pretty active. Yeah, it's, okay. it's pretty cool. Okay, good deal. So here, here's the big thing. And this is, and again, I don't want everybody to think we're nitpicking. And it, this, to me, this kind of all goes back to 
when are when as a community is this just gonna are we like all right you know come on come on guys really okay these things that should just be this isn't difficult this isn't year one you know yeah we've got you should have this down to a science you know what your you know what your community is. If I was an operator and I had ten of these or five of these, and I had to take, <laughs> I would be five, pretty, I'd be pretty livid. Yeah, because yeah. I'd have a I'd have a, a person or two on those four or five games or ten games for you know a couple of days a, just a to couple take of days. Right, that's right. Tweaking them before they ever could go out. Right, because yeah. you know if if I played a game, I'm sure a good operator is going to play test a game. If I played a game in the central target almost never worked mm-hmm. I, I couldn't put that game out because someone would play it once and they'd say oh that doesn't work and they'd yeah. never come back it's to broken. it it's broken it's broken every time they see it they'd say i'm not playing that yeah, yeah it's broken it's a bad experience yeah so the slimer and, and I, I even put in the, the show notes omg slimer i just like really <laughs> so it's the first thing we noticed it, 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 the first time yep. it moved you noticed it right away because right. i i looked up at you and i said that doesn't that doesn't look right no. at all. So here here's the deal. I mentioned on the on the pro, the slimer is kind of imagine slimer like dangling from like a fishing rod, mm-hmm. and that rod just has a pivot point at the back of the playfield. And when you activate slimer, that pivot point just it just pivots on that point, and he comes straight down, and he dangles and just kind of just ever so gently bobs mm-hmm. right there in yeah. front of you he's, for he's you your to ba- hit him. He's your bash toy and then when it's done he pulls back up. Right. Yeah. And I love I think I like the pro slimer better because when he is away he's <clears throat> pardon me, when he's not in play, mm-hmm. he you're looking right at him. Yeah. He's hovering over the playfield. You're looking at his smiling face and his chicken his chicken leg that he's got in his hand that he's he's getting ready to eat. Yeah. On the premiums and the LEs, you have this mast this straight mast that comes up out of the play field at a slight angle at the top of that mast at a 90 degree angle is another bar, if you will, that, that comes off and Slimer, it hangs off that bar. All right. And when he is not in play, that mast turns it just kind of parks him and parks him up yeah. in up above the pop bumpers in the cityscape yeah and when he's parked when he's not in play you're just staring at the left side of him and you can kind of see his molded in you know rump yeah, yeah his butt yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly and it's just like what is that yeah it, you're looking at the side of him you hit the ghost target and you bring him into play and he swings around and sweeps down to the play field in kind of a, a like an arc. Now, here's where the problem comes in. The rub, if you will, mm-hmm. when he comes down, he rubs everything and anything in between where he's at and where he's going. Yeah. And I don't mean just gently, lo- gently touches it. I mean, to the point where it he. On he, my game, he hangs. Yeah, on my game, he would drag it across dra- some yes. of the metalwork. Yep, yep. And he would be like 30, 40 degrees off off kilter, and then pop, and then pop. Yeah, because he would he would like like if you were flicking like a card off your finger or something, he would he would get clear and he would swing out. And I looked at that and I thought. Well, the first thing that's going to happen it's like, is... That's not right. No. It's going to tear all the finish off the metal that he rubs on. And the metal is this guard that goes over the captive ball target 
uh, that's kind of right there to the very right of the ghost target that activates him. And I thought, he's plastic. That's powder-coated, probably, or painted metal. So I doubt the powder coating is going to wear off, but I'm sure the sheen will wear off where he, his track, where his backside rubs. It's going to cut into him. Um, I, I think like to my Adams where the thing hand comes out of the box. Yeah. There's a groove worn in the top of the thing hand because there's a, 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 a plast piece of plastic in the box that the hand hits that makes the bo box lid flip open. Well, that cuts into his hand. Oh, I see. Well, that's going to happen to Slimer. All right. If you don't hit Slimer, his swing becomes wider, mm. kind of like to taunt you. Yeah. And then he'll go to the far other side of his swing. And when he does that, he rubs and gets himself all caught up into the plastics that's up against the wall of the cabinet. Yeah. Right where the library is. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just looked at that and I was like, really? Why would you design it so that when it comes out, it literally touches and drubs and swings and, and bumps into everything. Yeah, it, it, it was just a very odd... Um it was just a very odd experience for something that was just right out of the box that, to me, that's just such an obvious flaw. Yeah, well, I think back... Um, for and folks in the state may in state in the states may know what this is right off and folks uh, out of the country may not in Walt Disney back in the day he created the Hall of Presidents for Disney I think the did the first one go into Disney land at California or did it land I think so I think so okay yeah, I think it, so. so anyway what the Hall of Presidents was it was Disney's audio animatronics and he created the presidents of the United States and they would stand up, which at the time was just an unbelievable feat. I mean, imagine the Chuck E. Cheese audio animatronic robots, but like amped up to the millionth degree, yeah. but yet like 30 years older. I mean, they were just amazing. And I remember an interview with the, with the developers of talking about like Lincoln. And they had to make sure that the Lincoln would stand so he just didn't sit there and move his head and talk and everything. He would stand. And they said they had to s science out Lincoln <laughs> because if he did that, you know, however many shows a day, day in and day out, he would wear all the, he would wear holes in all of his clothes because he was always rubbing the same spot. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're not talking Disney here. We're talking Stern Pinball. But, I mean, it's just a common sense thing that if you're going to have some moving, something moving and it's rubbing something else, you're going to start wearing stuff. And, you know, we're not talking tires on a car. We don't expect this stuff to, to wear like that. If we break it with a pinball, okay, yeah, that that's fine. Setting it up for failure to begin with, ah, that's a little harder pill to swallow. Yeah. What's even harder to swallow is I fixed it in about 30 minutes. Yeah. I ended up taking the whole Slimer mech out, okay, because I wanted to see if there was a way to, ex to, to lengthen that main shaft, that mast that come up out of the play field. And what, what I was doing was is I was working from the – assumption that if I raised his swing a little bit, I can make him clear everything. I mentioned that that joint where the mass that comes out of the play field joins to the bar that comes out Slimer, that 90 degree joint. There was some movement in that with a set screw. And I saw this on Pinside. 
I pulled the set screw loose and I could raise it up about maybe a little under a quarter of an inch. Okay. Where I still had enough meat where the set screw was fully on that mast. Uh Okay. Uh And that solved the problem of him, of Slimer, hitting the plastic on the far side of the play field. Yeah. It It wasn't high enough to clear all that metal work. So he would still bend like 30 degrees and then get past it, then flick out straight and yeah, kind of bobble just, around. Yeah, just wear me out every time I saw it happen. Right. So I ended up, I took the whole mech out and there was the way it's all machined, unless I custom make a rod, there's no way to make it longer. There's no way to move it. There's no adjustment in it. Yeah. So, so, so did you separate the rod from the, from the motor itself and everything? And I mean, and pull it out from, from both the top and the bottom? Well, is that how you did that? Or what what? It, there's an assembly under the play field that's roughly like a U shape. Mm-hmm. And then in the inside of that U, there's a couple cross braces and the motor actually isn't direct drive to the shaft. Yeah, I saw it was belt driven. Yeah, the motor, there? the output of the motor faces down. Uh huh. And then there's a pulley on the end of it. And then that mast that comes through the play field that the Slimer bar is mounted to. Right. It has another pulley on it. And those are connected with a small little belt. Okay. Okay. And the way everything was machined, the way the pulley had to mount, the way the, 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 the places were in that, that mast that fit all the bracketry, there was no adjustment in it. There wasn't like a collar that you could undo with like a set screw and readjust everything and reset all like the stops and the locks. It was made where it was. It was not adjustable. Yeah. Yeah. So short of having a machinist turn me another shaft, what I ended up doing was I took um, eight number eight flat washers uh-huh. and I stacked four and four and I wrapped them with a little tape because I I needed to get I needed to be able to hold it as one unit and then I shimmed the back side of that assembly on the back side of the play field. So that what I ended up doing was pivoting that mast a little, just ever so slightly more upright. Uh-huh, yeah. That was the effect of shimming down the tail of that assembly. Yeah. It pivoted the the angle of the mast. Yeah. And there was enough, there was enough clearance in that hole to allow for that oh, to yeah. happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The hole was, was oval. Yeah. Oh, yeah. More than enough room. Yeah. Okay. All right. I put it all back together, including still leaving that joint spaced ever so slightly. Uh-huh. Fired the game up, and he moves, doesn't touch a thing. Yeah, see, it's and, wild. And he is well down onto the play field. Uh, it's it's not like it raised it enough where like the ball would go under him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is still lower than half the diameter of the ball. So you're, can, so you're talking about four washers, four washers, then another eight, eight four, total, two, eight, eight two total. groups of four, two, two packs. So two groups of four or four groups of two? Two groups of four. Two groups of four, okay. the assembly is only held in with four screws. Yeah. Two on the front side of that U and two on the back. Yeah. So I shimmed the back. I lowered it uh-huh. so that it translated to making the nose of that mast yeah. up, uh, rotate up. Yeah, and you put the washers, so you put the washers on the 
on on the screw, and then they they mount the washers go right between the playfield and the and the uh, and then the whole the slimer then, assembly. Then the assembly itself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So four on each corner is what you did. Yeah. On the on the on the on bottom the back, on the back corner on yeah. the back corner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just want to make sure that it did I that I understood it and described it the yeah. way that I was uh, depicting it. And like I said, the reason and I had to get longer screws mm-hmm. and. Uh, which was fine. I just got screws that were no longer than, you know, they were just long enough to account for the extra thicknesses of those four washers. Okay. So they didn't yeah. go any deeper into the play field. I just used a longer machine. One one of them was a machine screw and one of them was a wood screw. So I just used the appropriate screw with, that was, you know, probably like a quarter inch longer so that at the end of the day, <clears throat> pardon me, I had the same amount of stick out. I didn't go any deeper into the play field. Okay. And I shimmed it. That's yeah. all I did. Yeah. And it it took me, <laughs> it it was more time to contort myself to get in there, to hold that little pack of washers in there and get the screw through the through the assembly, through the washers, and then yeah. finger turn to get it started before I tightened it up. You know what's gonna you know what's gonna burn me is that I, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to find eight number eight washers, poke around the house to yeah. see if I have any. And of course I'm not gonna have any. So what I'm gonna have to do, I'm gonna drive to Lowe's. And then you know, it's just one right. of those things it's like it's a two dollar fix that's gonna require an hour of time. But I had and to driving do it around. right out of the box. Yeah, yeah. I mean I know. some hick yeah. in Kentucky with with an uncalculable uh, dollar amount of washers because it's so infinitesimally small. Yes. Had to kind of rig this multi thousand. I mean, what's the retail on that game? Eight grand? Uh, uh, Seventy nine ninety five, right. I believe. I yeah. had to rig it just so that it wouldn't tear itself up uh, uh, from playing it. Now here's what we're gonna do. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brent. Um, seventy five. Okay. Ninety five. Yeah. Now we we need to make sure we're accurate. If okay. Nothing yeah. else. Okay. Yeah. And, and I just looked at it and I'm like, on one hand, the assembly is kind of nicely made. It looks like a lot of thought was put into it. Mm-hmm. But it's just like you got to the end and you grabbed the apron that had the LE stickers on it. You said it's an apron and you slapped it on there. I, I Merry know. Christmas. Yeah, I know. But you know something, despite everything that we've said about the game, I love it. Oh, I, I love I, the I, game. I love the game. I love the I game. I love the game. I love the theme. I love the execution. I love the design. I love how it's done. I love the music. I love the feel of the of the gameplay and the flow of it. It just oh, kinda, I love it. It just kind of smarts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, talk, talk about smarts. I mean, it almost ate me like Pac-Man. <laughs> and, and this this was kind of irritating, too. Yeah. I can pull the glass off any of these other machines. I could stand the play. I could pull the balls out, stand the play field right up and walk away. Yeah. When I stood the play field up on the Ghostbusters, uh-huh. the it's got rails on the side of the cabinet so that when you lift it up, you can pull it forward. You know, in a run on the rails. Yep. And then there's little mounts, if you will, that hang off the playfield with little nubbins. Yeah, it's got like little like, like little ears yeah. that, that ride that rail. That ride that rail to the point to where they hit the hook and then it hits its resting spot. So you fight it to make it go. Just I can I can pick any of these up and with one hand, just like I'm opening a coke uh, can, a coke can. Yeah. Just raise the thing all the way up and it'll stay there. Peel it back and there it is. There it is. Yeah. I had to kind of kind of cajole this thing all all of my sterns are that way are, to yes. get it to stand up yeah it, it, just and the, it still just didn't 
just the play field maneuvering on them is so tight that the dimensions of the of the interior the interior dimensions of the box versus the width of the play field brent there's so little well, there's so little room there well getting it to stand up is one thing i get i got it to stand up but it literally sets on the tail of the play field mm-hmm. and if you look at those little pins that ride on the little rails yeah they are just barely hovering over the rails <laughs> i know and it, it's like it, if you breathe on it it's going to it's going to crash off one side and, and that's what almost would happen as i worked on it i had to let let it like rest against my shoulder uh-huh i wouldn't walk away from the game once i wrestled it to get the play field up if i needed a tool i had fear because yeah. i didn't want to walk away because it was literally just precariously balanced there almost and like it was suspended by two nails yes yes and it did it, it it did not want to stay i yeah. was very uncomfortable with it up there because i didn't want to i didn't want to walk back to my shop and then hear it slam yeah oh, it that's the but yes you don't want to be in that boat. i was just I, I thought, man, if you were all that you really kind of had to do is just a little geometry here, and it would have been it would have been a, a hundred times better. Yeah. Now, now, for everything that we've covered, what I would love to do is to hear from anybody else who has bought a Ghostbusters Pro or Premium. Mm-hmm. Just email Brent and I, just Whitney at and Brent at, and just at brokentoken.com and or you know or, or fire up something on our facebook page or whatever we would love to hear some feedback from other ghostbusters owners just to see i mean are we overthinking it are we off base or what but i don't think we are i, don't I mean think this, so is, either. this is just observations this is just these are just studied observations when you're just putting the game through its paces i mean the subway thing i can kind of almost okay that that's a weird situation and maybe no one thought just to set a ball in it and test for it yeah like in like in qa they obviously thought about it when they cast the the ramp because like i said it's got a little it's got a little channel in it that the ball would set i mean itty bitty to divert to make let it flow over into that that metal weldment yeah but i mean so I can maybe kind of overlook that. I can see that not getting through test. The ghost target, like on my game, I mean, it was it, that was just too dicey. I yeah. mean, I can see maybe hitting it once with your finger and it worked, and that'd be the end Did of you it. You say but, okay, QC done, and you roll on to the next. Yeah, thing. it was useless in play. Yeah, the Magnus slings. That's a that's a new tech on this game. Yeah, I would have had those suckers dialed. Yeah, and yeah. it took me seconds, and I brought new life to them. <laughs> seconds mm. the slimer thing is just that's beyond me because yeah, that's a major just... toy in the game and to me it's just really kind of unacceptable that you would design that game where that toy and it's it's easy to activate it multiple times it's a prime toy mm-hmm and use it multiple times in a three ball game yeah and just think that it's acceptable that it can just go you know and just drag drag pop, itself drag, everywhere pop every you know everywhere i mean it just goes. Yep. It, that is that was the most shocking to me of all of it yeah. honestly well you know despite that the, the one thing that i, I love it i, I love I do. the game I, I do too and you know uh, one of the things that i am so um, I, I guess was that I was so immediately impressed by is the mod is how the mod market mm-hmm. has responded to this game. So before we before we spend your money, okay, we're going to spend our money because I just want to roll over just a couple of things here. Uh, mods or ads to the game that I think are just completely and utterly necessary for this for this particular game, okay. 
Now, now Brent, first one up is a shaker motor, okay? And I'll just I'll say this: whether you're a fan of them or not, that that can that can stand, okay? And I'm, I won't get into the religious aspects of shaker motors versus no. So I know that's a, that's a personal uh, personal choice right there. The only thing I'll say is that in you and I leading up to this game and the research that we did on it. Uh, it did yield the necessity. It, it did prove the necessity to get an OEM Stern shaker motor. So I just want to throw that out as a PSA. If you do get this game, and, and I, I think all spike games are this way, from what I can understand, or will be this way, from what I can understand. Um, if you if you do not get a Stern motor, then you actually void the warranty. You could potentially void the warranty on on the. Well, you do void the warranty on the on the machine. You could potentially run into a situation where you cause damage to the node board or other electronic components in the machine, and then you're out your own money to get it fixed. And all that over, let's say, a fifty dollar difference in the shaker motors. I just don't see it as is uh, worth, worth trying to worth trying to save fifty bucks on a five thousand dollar plus machine. So that's all I can say on that. So do your homework on the shaker motor and see who has, you know, your mileage may vary. Yes, your mileage may vary. And you can go to the major vendors, and I think they'll all sell a shaker motor that they list as a spike shaker motor. That's fine. Not going to say one versus the other. I would just say do your homework and make sure that it is a stern OEM shaker motor. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's number one. Now this next one, Brent, is something that both you and I ordered, and that is the Inner Art Blades, and yes. they are beautiful. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Now I'm not looking forward to installing them. <laughs> no, because neither, I th- neither am I. I really think to do it right, you're going to have to pull the playfield out. Yes. Yes, uh, I was kind of hoping that maybe there was just a couple points of of sticky on the mm-hmm. back. Yeah, but no, the whole no, thing, the entire thing is sticky. Is sticky. Yes. So there, I don't see an easy way to get them behind uh, some of the, the some of the artwork and like on the left side of the playfield, especially where you've got. The, the, the library, library, the library and, and the Ghostbusters that. firehouse. You're working. And, you'd just be working around so much things, so many things that are delicate and shouldn't be worked around to begin with. Yeah, yeah. So I think to do it right, the playfield's going to have to come out. I, I think you're right, and uh, I'm curious if anybody else has installed their sets, how they how they did it. Um, just shoot us an email or, or something like that. I, I would be curious as to as, as to your approach. The one thing I will say is that you can buy multiple. You can buy art blades from multiple manufacturers. Um, I do have uh, art blades on my ACDC, and um, I did pull the play field to install those okay and it made it 10 times easier and i think we're gonna have to go the same route on on this particular game but i will say this um the stern art blades are the highest quality art blades that i've seen and i've seen them from a few different manufacturers they use the the plastic polycarbonate finish that these art blades have they're very nice and they feel tough and they almost feel like they could take a couple gouges from the play field like rick racking back and forth as you're trying to lower it mm-hmm. and it wouldn't really damage them per se okay i don't think it would i don't think it would put a nick in them and i it, it seems to me like like, like they can take a i'm gonna say they can take a lot of abuse but i don't think they're going to give up the ghost <laughs> <laughs> i don't think they're gonna give up the ghost immediately on just the first run in okay so and, and that's what i was afraid what it's of worth. never having seen a set of even aftermarket art blades the, like, these are these are awesome they are i was they, very happy yeah 
yes, though. Yes, so yes, yes. Stern will give you a thumbs up on that. I one. will definitely give Stern yep. a thumbs up on the quality of the art blades. They're eighty bucks. It doesn't matter where you buy them from. They're eighty bucks. Okay, and they're in print. They're just eighty bucks, and that's the way that they are. Um, finding them is going to be the bigger challenge uh where we ordered ours from was marco i mean it's just what it was and that was driven almost purely by stock levels everywhere else mm-hmm. okay and that's uh, that's the only way that's the only fair way i know to say that so hopefully you can find them in stock we uh we i think we cleaned marco out when we ordered ours our two quite honestly uh the other two brent that i just want to mention here real fast these are from mesel mods and i think for the money they're they're pretty high dollar bang for the buck adds to the game and this first one well both of these was was sent to me by jeff waldron listener of the show friend of the show now, he jeff, makes and he was, makes crimpers right he does yes, yes and yes, you know yes. and he actually tweeted us about his crimpers <laughs> later on when we get when we get to our feedback but this first one is just to me it's almost a necessary visual upgrade when you see it you wonder why it wasn't on the game to begin with it's twelve dollars and they're flipper bat covers that make the flipper bats look like ghost traps the 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 yellow and black kind of slanted angled stripes that make it look you know the the caution or the hazard you know mm-hmm. stripes uh crime scene stripes or whatever you want to however you want to call that and uh man it, it just sets the flipper bats off and it's like oh yeah me 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 gotta have the the other one is uh mesel mods uh Kristen and tim also have uh what are called uh cabinet they're slimer captive pinballs and you know i've not completely brought myself to the point where i say i'm going to order these yet but i love the look of them and uh, on the left side of the play field where you have uh four captive balls um the three of them are slimer green and on the right hand side of the play field where you have two captive balls one of them is i would guess kind of ghostbuster ghostish or kind of uh otherworldly plasma kind of uh pinkish purple okay mm-hmm. and they're they're beautiful they do add a lot to the game from a from an aesthetic standpoint it doesn't change it doesn't change anything in regards to gameplay at yeah. all it's just a bling mod that's all it is so. I said, I tell you what, Whitney, uh, let's go ahead and spend a little of my money in this segment because some of the stuff I, I've got money to spend on is Ghostbuster stuff. Okay. So let's right. just put a nice little bow around it and okay. go ahead and that way we can close out the Ghostbuster uh, okay, stuff. Okay. That, okay. That's fine. How's so, that? So that's fine. So let, why don't, okay. I, how, how do you want to do it? I said, you, let you me want, hop on down here and I'll just, I, basically it's a couple mods that I had picked out. Okay. Let's do that. And then, and then how about, let's just talk about the LEDs. You want to do that or, or, or we'll just, we'll, we'll, fin- go, we'll finish up. We'll take, okay. us, we'll okay. take a little break. Let's just wrap all the Ghostbuster okay. stuff up and yeah, then we'll, fine. then we'll move on. Okay. So, that's fine. All okay. right. Go for it. So, uh, this was actually in this, this is why we sound so discombobulated because our show notes, as Whitney mentioned, are so thorough. And I had <laughs> just thrown a huge curveball toward Whitney. <laughs> oh, it's all so, good. I had a few things down where I'm spending my own money on a couple mods. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the first thing I've got is an old pin guy on pin side. Um, He offers uh, some protectors. And actually, he, if if I recall this correctly, he... uh, um, he had a, uh, uh, like a pattern for some protectors and the like. And w- what I ended up actually getting a hold of was some protectors from Little Shop of Games. So mm-hmm. Whitney, Whitney isn't aware of this. 
reach over there and open up the high speed, Whitney. No way! Because I like to hide stuff in all oh, of my games. Yeah, I'm telling you, if, if I ever decide to break into Brent's house, I'm raiding the coin buckets for the loot, okay? And not for the quarters, <laughs> just for whatever else he's got stashed in the coin buckets, okay? All right, here, I, okay, this is compelling audio, but I'm going to yep. go over there. So basically, what, what one of the things that you face on Ghostbusters is a... Uh, It'll airball really quickly in that uh, there's a surprise in there. for. <laughs> this is awesome. It, it's a dismembered hand that, that feels like a, uh, a side of uh, canned ham or something like that. Not the Billy Mitchell canned ham. But <laughs> oh, no, no, just, no. Just canned Not ham. Not premium canned ham. Yeah, that, that's, that's top shelf canned yeah, top ham shelf, right there. Top yeah. shelf canned ham. Yeah. So over at Little Shop of Games, um, I believe Curly is over there at Little Shop of Games. He makes his version of the airball protector and, and what this is when you when you play ghostbusters you know we've talked about where slimer is and the ghost target right there like center of the play field i'm, I'm treating that hand gingerly Brent. yeah treat it okay, gingerly yeah. yep um there are two stand-up targets that are to the either side of that ramp entrance that's there on the left side and what can happen is is if you hit those solid the ball will take flight and this is a very known thing in the Ghostbusters pinball world, even even as new as the game is. Happens on the pros, happens on all of them. This is sweet. He makes this protector that flows with the plastics oh, of the thank game. You. Thank you, dude. This You're is so awesome. very welcome. This is awesome. Early Christmas present. Right, right on. And it it basically shrouds that area in such a way that if the ball does launch off those targets, it just keeps it down on the play field. So, yeah. and I, I mentioned air ball, you know, a ball is landing in the subway. And that's how that happened. I would air ball and go third of the way, two thirds of the way, depending on which target it was across the play field. And I would, you know, swish, I'd, I'd land right in the subway. And we noticed that like within the, right th- out like, of the box, like right out of the box within, I, I we, okay, let's put it this way. The first time that Emma and Logan played the game, it airballed. Okay. When, when they were playing their own individual games, you know, when, yes. when they rank and filed and played each other, it airballed almost immediately. I mean, it smacked up and hit the glass and I'm like, oh, there it is. It, who who would have thought it, but it happened. So over at Little Shop of Games, you get the airball protector and a key fob, and it's nine, it's eighteen ninety five. And yeah, then the key, yeah, key fob's cool, dude. Yep. And there's an art version too, where the key fob's got like the Ghostbusters logo on it, and the art version says if you get the airball protector, it says who you're gonna call, and it's got as much as the the ghost with the slash through it, the Ghostbusters logo, as they could fit on the plastic that's that's made for you know the the task here at hand. You know, I'm glad that you um, I'm glad you elected to get the non artwork version because as everyone well knows, the prima donna that Whitney is about his artwork. I, I much prefer, you know, the, the, the plane. The plane <laughs> so thank you for that. So now I mentioned uh, old pin guy on pin side, and I have a link in the yeah, show notes all, to, awesome. to his version as well. And and I don't want to downplay the work that either of them did, but they're, they're just slightly different approaches at doing the exact same thing and providing, you know, uh, a, a, a similar plastic in the same area. And, uh, old pin guys on pin side his is listed for the 
the premium in the LE and it's 20 bucks. So, you know, if you want to support little shop of games, you know, I emailed Curly on, on his protector, his protector will fit all three games. I'm sure old cool. pin guys will as well. They all fall right there in that, in that $20 range. So yeah. something money, that I would money well spent. definitely suggest. The second thing is, uh, what's called extended sling protectors. So the other big kind of ball issue on Ghostbusters is the outlanes. So down at the lower right and the lower left, you got the one lane that'll return to the flipper and then you got the outlane that'll drain you. And uh, you get a lot of ball hops, a lot of ball activity there. What these extended uh, sling protectors do is, is they actually provide coverage over the outlanes so that uh, a lively ball will stay in its lane because <laughs> many a game I played and I thought okay I'm safe but the ball still had enough inertia and it jumped the rail and ended up in the outlane and I drained yeah so uh, there's been a various approaches at fixing this some people have even driven the rail have set the play field up and driven the rails up higher <laughs> which I'm not a fan of doing no like, no 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 we're not doing that yeah I, I noticed that on my game there's a little divot by the hole that the rail is pressed in. Yeah. And that leads me to believe that there's a little tooth in the rail itself to hold it in the hole. And I don't want to push it up too far and cause that divot to fold itself back out backwards and split the play field yeah. and find out if it truly does have a little tooth in it. So these, these are a uh, uh, clear cut out of what kind of plastic was looks that? like it looks like acrylic i mean a very but a very uh, like a tougher it's thicker. pet g pet g okay yeah gotcha. so it's cut out of pet g and then they basically attach it to slingshots and then they go out to the rail on one side i think it is i haven't put mine on yet uh they run 30 bucks and they just kind of keep a um an active ball a little bit contained yeah yeah so to, to me net both are both are necessary actually. and then that's what i had hidden in the high speed along with the dismembered hand yeah. for whitney <laughs> uh i had his plastic uh excuse me his uh, uh his ball guide cover protector dealies and his air ball protector yeah that's so, awesome that's there you awesome. go buddy i appreciate that man thank you for your thank brand you. new game yeah we'll put them it'll they'll go on before a ball one is plunged how about that cool. so yeah that's how that's going to roll all right whitney so i think that should wrap up all the ghostbusters talk it should wrap yeah. up kind of the general stern talk and the general pinball talk and you know we've spent a little of my money there's some more money of mine to be spent there, I there see. is a couple yep. a couple of good things a couple of good things and uh, i've got some updates on some techie stuff some crimper updates and <laughs> i want to talk a little bit about color matching uh, it's a big pinball show this month whitney so it's all good yep it's all part uh, of it well let's talk a little bit about uh rubber and led matching yeah so yeah looking forward to we'll slide that. into the next segment all right let's do it So when you have spent a little of my money already, <laughs> well, get, get ready because we're, we're not done yet. I know. And you're looking through the, just the tech section yeah. here of this segment. Well, you're going to spend some of my money, dude. So well, it's, it's all, it's reciprocal. Uh, from it that all regard. comes around. Full it comes circle. around full circle, doesn't it? It does. The, the things that I'm going to talk about from the tech perspective is spending my money. 
Yes. I'm spending my own money. I did it in the Ghostbusters segment. Yeah. I'm doing it here. Well, when you get ready to start talking about LED shopping, then, oh. then it's get ready because all those little dollar 19s add up big time. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. So a uh, quick update on the Bryman multimeter. Yeah. The, the and BM I'm so, so going to order me one of these. I, I just, I continue to like it. You yeah, know, unfor- unfortunately, I haven't gotten to use it as much as I would have hoped in, in the past, you know, six, eight weeks. I just have not had the opportunity but it's there on my on my bench. I've been yeah. using it as needed, yeah. and and I, I like it. You know, I, I, it makes me wonder why I didn't step up to a little bit more expensive multimeter to begin with. Yeah, I've, it was. I, I'm with you. It was just over a hundred bucks. It is capable of much more compared to the other meters that I've been using. But frankly, it just feels. It, it's just a nicer meter. You know, my car. And a Cadillac will still get me to work, but a Cadillac is a much nicer car. Yeah, and you appreciate every time you drive it, yes. that it that it's not something else, you yeah. know? So, yeah. You're like, how did I ever live this long without a heated gas pedal? Yeah. Yeah. You I know, understood. Because understood. it's because Cadillac. Yeah. <laughs> so no, yeah. I'm, I'm glad. I, I'm, I'm glad. I, I definitely, I, I definitely want, want to get one. Yeah. The honeymoon no is not over with me and the Bryman. Good deal. Good deal. All right. Last show I mentioned, I had on order a new set of crimpers, the, uh, 1028 CT from Great Plains Electronics. And they ran 28 whopping us dollars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you should be able to get that. I'm sure you can find these crimpers anywhere throughout the world. And and again, I was wanting something that was a little bit more specific to get into the dot one contacts. You know, Whitney and I, right before the show, we were looking at at another crimper from Great Plains uh, Sergeant brand tools, which is basically the same thing as like a Molex specific branded exactly ratcheting crimper. Yeah, these crimpers they run in the hundred dollar range, and they're specific to a given contact size. The one the set I've got is a one fifty six, and that goes back to the video games because your one fifty six is what you're going to generally find on like your edge connectors. Yes, especially in your Ataris, and if you're repinning an Atari that's burned up the edge connector you want a nice set of crimpers just chink chink you just run right through it you know yeah. you're not like four or five operations to do one wire you put it in done you know you've done you've done one one done, wire yeah, yeah so i wanted something a little nicer on the dot one side but i still don't do enough dot one to honestly justify the expense of another hundred dollar plus crimper so i, I tried these for 28 bucks the the model that I got the ten twenty eight CT how, Whitney's holding it how many how many jaws are in it? how many teeth are in it uh, let's see one two three four it looks like so four different sizes yeah four different sizes I have already no I'm sorry five five five, five. okay yeah so I have already done a, a series of one fifty sixes with it I had to uh, rec oh no I'm lying to you Whitney I did. Was it some 093s? Okay. With the larger jaw. Yeah. I had to repin some contacts on the power supply for Back to the Future. And it worked a treat. I mean, okay. they were beautiful. And I'm fairly certain I've already done some dot ones. And it is just the the teeth on it, it's it, it's a pretty precision cut on each of the jaws, the teeth within the jaws. So you can basically do it in one one operation. It's not like with the older Walden HT 1921s, 
where you kind of have to like sort of crimp it and then turn it and open the jaws and recrimp it and just kind of slowly work your way in to get a, a fair crimp. Right. I can, you can set these up, you just squeeze it, you're done. Yeah. And yeah. so I was very, very happy with them. Oh, they're, they're, they're substantial. They're yeah, beefy. To, I, I, so you've got them in your hand, Whitney. Yeah. And I'm thoroughly impressed by these. I, it, even it just, I don't. I don't know. I mean, you. You can. How. How best to verbalize this? You can. Okay, I'll, I'll do it with a, a colloquialism. Okay, you don't have to be a chef to know the food stinks. Okay, so what I mean by that is you can tell when something's good or bad, even if you don't have. Even if you don't truly understand what it took to make it good or what it took to make it bad. Mm-hmm. So these crimpers are very good, and you can tell that just by the weight of them, by just the you know the, just the beefiness of them, how how substantial they feel in your hand. They've the got a good weight. The it, mechanics in the jaw. I mean, are, it's just, are just it's very smooth, very tight, mm-hmm. very precise is what it is, and you can you can just tell that this is not going to wear out after a thousand crimps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I've actually got two sets of the old, the Walden uh, 1921s. Uh-huh. And yeah. I, I took a set and I threw it in my travel uh, uh, travel case. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, that, kit. I didn't, I, maybe when I did the order for all the alignment tools with online components, I think I, I think that might have been when I threw in another 1921. And when I looked at it, I realized how worn the jaws were on my old one. Yeah. I didn't realize how that basically worn them out. And honestly, it's not like I've done a million crimps with them. I've had them for quite a few years. Yeah. But still, every time I do a wire, it was two or three operations to kind of get them to to work. Yes. Yes. And and they work. There's a place for them. And what I'll probably end up doing is taking the new set now and rotating that into my travel kit and the old set, they'll have to just go away. Yeah. But the, the set that you've got in your hands, the the selection of jaws, I'd buy a couple of these actually is what I would do. Yeah. I think that's going to be my go-to set here on the bench and and I'm going to have to get some more of them. I'm very, very happy. Yeah. I can, I can tell you right now that that would, be a, a pending purchase and well worth anybody's time to do that yeah. so yeah for sure and that'll help the, that'll help the video guys and the pen guys oh so. yeah yeah this is almost I, I guess if i was going to classify to you know if you if you just had if you just had one set of crimpers you could bring with you this would probably be the set that you'd want to yeah. have you know no maybe it's not ratcheting no maybe it's not some of the nicer things with you know with uh you know with insertion guides and all that kind of stuff but geez dude i mean you can tell that this i mean it's not gonna let you down yeah and yeah. i think it's going to hit everything from dot one up to what the 093s mm-hmm. and it's going to do it with a nice precision crimp yeah yeah definitely so. yeah solid solid find i will say that for sure cool all right so let's slide into another place i spent some money this week which was i mentioned <laughs> i'd uh put in an order with titan pinball yeah and i'd gotten uh gotten rubbers for the back to the the back to the future yes so whitney actually i threw the bag down there if you just want to take a look at a couple of them i did notice that the it's right there on the end of the table whitney right oh, yeah, okay yeah. i see it i see it. i did yeah. notice i had uh, a couple like sample rubbers that we had gotten from the folks at Titan back at SFGE. Yeah, the very, the very, the very first one. Yeah, right. exactly. And you know the company has since sold, which you know uh, I was I can't think of the new owners, and I'm ever so glad that they are still out there. The uh, 
the and that's some high quality stuff. It is, it? it is, and I've got the the sample set. I'll, that, give, I'll give them that. Yeah, wow. that wow. we were given on my Adams. Yeah, and I don't know if you noticed, there's actually green flipper rubbers right now that I did put on the Ghostbusters, and they're Titan. Oh, you've already put them yeah, on. Yeah, I stuck them on the Ghostbusters okay. last time I had the glass. So, off. so have you played it with them on? Not enough to to know because oh, I've just okay. played it as I've just worked with that Slimer mech. Okay, gotcha. And but I haven't really actually sat down and focused on a game. Okay, but still, I like them. I mean, like like letting. Uh, like a post pass i'm not having problems with it you know reaction out of the rubber like if i want to just like if i've got a ball coming down toward the right flipper and i want to let it bounce to the left flipper mm-hmm. all that is as i would expect it okay, so okay. just thus far quick impressions i'm i'm just as happy as can be okay so, gotcha now i'm going to use the rubber th- throughout the back to the future so that'll be my first run at actually using their product end to end on a game i need to order some of these because i mean all of my games have just got the 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 stock stern uh you know the flipper rubbers mm-hmm. on them the paint you know the pink ones and so and which are not bad i mean that's that's what you would nor- normally expect to see but you can just tell just by just kind of, just kind of noodling these in your yeah. hands and everything man dude they're they're, they're look nice on, look on the rim of the flipper rubber oh, the one side will actually it says titan it does yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's molded cool. it's molded yep. in there yeah exactly so here's here's why i bring all this up I literally got to the point of having a headache and my eyes crossed trying to pick out colors. And it was just, I, I, I think I was just making too big of a deal of it. So this is, this is what not to do based on my experience. I started looking at each individual rubber, figuring out its size, and then choosing a color. And I found myself kind of getting in this little loop. And I was like, did I do that rubber? What is that rubber for? Oh, wait a minute. No, I want another rubber of that hard, hard, size. Hard to keep track of yeah. it, isn't it? Yeah. I want another rubber of that size. And it, did I already have a rubber of that size that's that color? And then it got to the point where I didn't know what I had. <laughs> so I ended up trashing the entire shopping cart and starting over. And this this wasn't Titan's fault. This was my fault. And and again, it, what it really kind of come down to was I was trying to match the rubber to the art in that area of the play field. So it all kind of just blended, if you will. But if I had, say, an inch and a half ring and I wanted a red one, I couldn't remember 10 minutes later if I already had an inch and a half ring in the shopping cart. Yeah. And then I got distracted off onto – and it was just a pain. Yeah. So kind of like what I ended up – when I mentioned I end up doing when I when – I, get a game and i'm going through the switches and the coils i printed out the page from the manual that had the rubber map okay the first thing you want to do is you want to check it against your game because mine was wrong was it really there was stuff that was on the game that definitely was not on the paperwork huh okay so i checked it against the game and corrected where i needed to and then I went through the game with that sheet of paper and I wrote down all the colors on the sheet of paper. Mm -hmm. Then I translated that into the sizes. So I'd say, okay, well, I need so many inch and a half, inch and a half. I need two red. I need one blue. I'm just pulling colors out. Yeah, I understood. And I made my list beforehand and then I just went and I put it all in Titan's cart. Yeah, all in the cart. Now, okay, so not everybody sells 
multicolored rubber for all the sizes? How does this translate to other things? I'm going to do the exact same things with LEDs. Okay. 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 And I haven't gotten there yet, and I want, kind of wanted your take on this. Now, this this is what I've done so far. Okay. I have uh, a selection of the I think it's the super the supers mm-hmm. from Coin Taker. Okay. And I have a selection of the frosteds from Coin Taker. Okay. And I have one of each color of of those in the bayonet and the twist base, mm-hmm. the BNC type base. Yeah. Of the supers and the frosteds, I have all the colors. And then I have a selection of a couple colors in both base types of Pinball Life's. I think they're called a Blaze or a Blaze. Okay. And what I did... I'm not sure I've not ordered from them, okay. so I, I don't know. I threw them in an order at one point in time. Okay. So to decide whether I want Coin Taker or Pinball Life, I picked a color that I had from both companies. Yeah. And I put them in the same insert, and I just stared at it. Yeah. And I thought, okay, which which gives me the better look, you know? And I had I, uh, the Ablaze, the Pinball Life. They've got different styles as well. So, like, I think I got mainly red and green, and I got each base of their different styles. Yeah. Okay. So I, I ended up settling on Coin Taker, yeah. and I know you've done Coin Taker in the past. I've I've pretty much exclusively Coin Taker yeah. in my games. Yes. And I. Oh no, there's no pretty much to it. I am. Yeah. yeah. Now you they have since come out with more leds than when i purchased because what Uh i did is i walked up to the booth at expo when we were there three years ago yeah and i said i want they didn't have a sample pack yeah and whoever was there melissa probably melissa actually it was it was a guy oh then it's probably her husband so yeah her hut I, I saw him he was pointed out to me across the room it wasn't him so it was somebody it was somebody else yeah and i said do you have a sample pack with one of everything he said no but we'll just make one up and mm-hmm. he opened up all the boxes and went through and pulled me one of each base of each color and we made a kit okay okay all right so they have expanded since then so my sample size is rather limited compared to today but based on what i have i'm going to go with supers yeah for my inserts and uh then i'm going to go through and do a f- process similar to what i did with the rubbers and figure out what colors i need Yes. And then on disassembly, everything that's a GI, I'm going to throw it in a bucket, and then I'm going to count them at the end, and then add <laughs> add some for overage, and yeah, then def- order. Definitely add some for overage. Okay, so so what do you do? So so here's here's what I've done in this. Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to describe two ways: the way that the way that didn't work for me, then the way that started working for me. Okay. So what I did is when I uh, LED'd out my ACDC, uh, I pretty much went by. I pretty much went by two two different systems. I said, okay, what I'm going to do with what am I going to do with the GI, and then what am I am I going to do with the the inserts and the flashers and everything along those lines. All right, okay. and I, I I got the manual out for the ACDC, and I went through and I just made a quick inventory of what was let's say you know what was um let's say 44s what were you know 555s what you know the the bulb styles okay Mm -hmm. and i i took what was in the manual and then i tried to translate that into my shopping cart and i and i found that i was 
getting very confused very quickly looking at the manual then looking at the shopping yep. cart and trying kinda to cor- like, trying to correlate the two maybe kind of okay. like what i did was when yeah. i was doing the titan y- yeah yeah in okay. okay. in in it became very frustrating very quick yeah. okay and i burned way more cycles on it than i probably should have so what i what i then wound up doing was i printed out um, and I was doing this. I was doing this sitting at my monitor. Okay, sitting at my computer. Okay, so of course at that point, you know, nothing. You know, I had to. I had the manual up on one screen, and I, then I had the coin taker card up on another screen. I'm looking back and forth, doing the head bob back and forth, double checking everything. And I'm sitting here moving my head left and right. You know, while I'm sitting here looking at two screens, mm-hmm. trying to correlate it, and it's like this is just a mess. Okay, so what I wound up doing is I would print out the lamp map for the game okay okay? and then turn the game on and then believe this or not what i did was i got a set of magic markers okay and i would highlight on the lamp map the color for the insert okay Mm -hmm. and then i would just circle it if it was gi all right and so that way i knew if it was circled it was white and if it had a hash mark for color that was the color of the ball or of the insert and i wasn't trying to get specific i just need to know that's a blue or that's red or that's Mm -hmm. orange or that's purple or that's green or whatever it is and then what i did is i wound up taking that colorized map back down set in front of microsoft excel and i just built and i just built the list right then and there you know one column for bulb size one color bulb type one color for and one uh one column for for bulb so, type, one column for color, and then one type, and then one column for. So use. how did you tie back and know? Because not all inserts are flip the play field over and, and just had to look and i just right. had to look because like on the okay. back of the future there's several that are on like Exa- a pcb type deal that's like exactly you see on right. some williams that's exactly right but then there's a few that are just like by themselves in a uh-huh. corner or uh-huh. there's other stuff that that prevents you or prevented data east from using a like a pcb and mounting multiple Th- that's right and you and may, there's a socket and it's, that, a, that's it's it. a bayonet it's a 4447 it, that's exactly right it's a 4447 and then others well of course um i'm sure like on my stern some of them are pressing like the 555s okay mm-hmm. and so so there's there, there there's came a time where i just had to flip the play field over and then double check my excel spreadsheet and then make the modifications right there okay as i walked around the play field with the map and just said okay is that is this really a four you know is this really a 44 is this really 4447 is this really a 555 oh look in that bank there's there's three 44s and then one 555 even though on the map it just said it just says four you know four blue and they're and they're Labeled as 44s, okay. Yeah. Like one of them wouldn't be called out as a press in five. And for people that maybe have pinballs but they haven't dove into this yet, and they don't, maybe they don't know. Yeah. The difference between the 4447 and then the 555. Yeah. The 4447, it's actually there's a lamp that's a 44, and yeah. there's a lamp that's a 47. Yeah. They have the same base. They have the same base. The wattage yeah. is slightly different, and yeah. depending on how how bright you want it, you can you step can pick, up you to can one pick or the between other. Between the two. Well, yeah. that. 
is a round base and it's got two little little tabs little and, nubs little nubs and yeah. you put it in and give it a quarter turn and it locks yeah, in it locks in yeah just like a bnc connector yeah. if you if you think of it like that the 555 is more like a blade it's a wedge a wedge there yeah, you go it's a and wedge. You, you just shove it in yeah and, and it has then it's held in by friction it's held in by friction it has and two magic <laughs> yes and magic magic smoke that has not escaped yet ghost and, magic yeah and so so brent that's what i had to do and, and it was a little laborious but but at the end of the day what i was able to do is take my excel spreadsheet and just line by line fill in my coin taker cart and then call it and now then i was done i was like bam acdc done and what i would do is i would um i would add a couple of extra bulbs of everything in it just for slop or just to make sure like if i dropped one or stepped on one and crushed it or mm-hmm. something like that that i had an extra and i wasn't waiting well, if on I, if i crushed one it would be out of sheer hate yeah there you go fair enough just okay, ra- okay. a rage quit yeah and so <laughs> I, i'm gonna ra- <laughs> rage quit my machine <laughs> slam the play field and walk away um and just make sure that that I had enough just to cover me, and uh, and then everything worked out real well. But here's the thing: when when I talk about color matching, and I, I did take a few minutes today and write this up, and I, if you're okay with it, I want to kind of run through this if if, if sure. that's, if that's oh, all yeah. right because because color matching is 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 much subjective as it is perspective mm-hmm. as it is a little bit of art thrown in on top yeah okay so so let, let me go through this so and i've been through a little of this just staring just from the small selection that i've got relatively speaking yeah staring at these inserts yeah so, and, and, yeah and so here's the thing so i you know i color i i went through and i've i've LED two of my games now, my Tron and my ACDC, and I had to take different approaches to both. Okay, but uh, but what I found out at the end when I compared what I did for both of them, the the approach only differed in one step, and I and I'll get to that here in just a minute. Okay, so what I do is I try to look at the game from a top down perspective. You know, turn the game on, uh, let it sit there and just let the play field run, and step back from it and look at it and try to take it in, take your eyes and start from the top of the play field. And work your way down, okay? And I try to envision, and I know this may sound weird, but it works for my mind. I try to envision what would the play field look like if you were watching it from a streaming perspective on the internet, okay? And when I say that, I mean... Is the play field going to be lit up enough to where you can actually track the ball while you're watching someone else play it? All right, and that's from top to bottom of the playfield. And where are the pockets of darkness that you need to address on the playfield? In, in my soul. <laughs> okay, well, that's a whole different podcast in and of itself. And I do actually have something that could fix that, but we, we're not going to get into okay. it on episode forty-seven. Okay. Okay. So. And so where are the pockets of darkness and where do you need to apply light that is not there that is not there on its own? Because Brent, you can do this one of two ways. You can just swap everything and just call it done. Okay. It's like, okay, I need five five whites, three, three reds, two blues, and I know that such and such or this base and such and such or mm-hmm. that base. And you can literally just create an incandescent version of you can create an LED version of an incandescent lit machine, all right? And you've not really solved anything from a visibility or or what I consider an upgrade perspective. Because you're doing this, number one, for longevity of the lights in the machine, but number two, it, you want to enhance the look of the machine. You want to enhance the look of the machine. And honestly, from my perspective, yeah. how, how many machines have you done? 
two at this point. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is going to be the first that I've LED'd. And I yeah. know if listeners of the show will know, I've talked about it since back like Dirty Harry. And I yeah. even considered it when I was doing Adams long ago. Pardon me. Yes. I've done several machines between yeah. then and now. Yeah. And to me, it's come down to what you're discussing, which is getting getting past that barrier to entry, which is just so many choices and so many options and the art versus the science of it. And honestly, you know, for for love of the game, I've talked about my feelings for Back to the Future. The game is pretty simple, and there's not a lot there. And I think it's yeah. going to be a good foray to keep me from getting personally so deep into it. This will be a good learning exercise. Yes, it, it really will. It really will. And, and, and here's the thing. You know, I, when I look at the game – what I try to shy away from, and I don't mean this in any, uh, I don't mean this uh, in any derogatory form whatsoever. But Brent, if you cruise Pinside and mm-hmm. see how people LED their machines, okay, you're going to see so many variations on uh, on a given title. When I was looking at LEDing my ACDC, I read through all kinds of ACDC threads, and Brent, I swear to goodness, man, if I didn't see. 10 machines that were LED'd out with a combination of red, yellow, and orange just washing over the play field. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it. I, if I didn't see it 10 times, I didn't see it once, okay? And and the problem is is that creates what I'm going to what I'm going to get to is my second bullet point is for me I try to I try to shy away from and I think you should shy away from creating regions or pockets of color on the play field. Okay. Are you talking about color matching the GI? Yes. (laughs) And this is exactly where it goes because people seem to have this this unnerving need to take the insert to take what what started at the inserts and turn it into the GI. Okay. And so I had already decided walking into it that I was going to do a white frosted some type to disperse color good good call gi good call because what what i see happens is when you color the gi okay what you're doing is 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 all of that color actually creates shadows on the play field because that those those color wavelengths don't travel like red and blue and orange and green Mm -hmm. when that by the time that reaches your eye it 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 is it is different than just how warm white or cool white is going to disperse light and and i'm telling you you just do not get the same lighting effect out of orange that you do out of white okay it's just it's just a fact long ago i was shown by a local collector who had a um what was the what's the game with danger will robinson uh with the robot um lost in space lost in space yeah there was a there's a kind of a rare lost in space pin based on the lost in space with tim um it was uh timothy uh no no tim the tool man who's the real guy what's his real name he played in the santa claus oh um tim um uh, Tim uh, Tim Taylor was a character. Tim Taylor was a character. Oh come on, hold hold on, dude. Tim Burton. You know it was uh, that it was that <laughs> it was that space show that that he where it was like a campy takeoff on Star Trek and is that what you're talking about? I thought it was about? Lost in Space though. I thought they redid Lost in Space. That was uh, Timothy uh, somebody else. <laughs> okay, well this hang is on, totally hang on, derailed. hang on, IMDb to the rescue. Hang on for one Re- second. While you're uh, gosh, while we're, you're looking that up, so yeah. he had this game. And somebody had color matched the GI. 
William Hurt was the dude in Lost in Space, the bearded dude in Lost in Space, okay? Now, uh, the other one that you're thinking of, Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Okay, now now Tim Allen... What, the movie that Sega he was lost, in. No, there was a Sega Lost in Space pinball, and I thought that was... No, I think you're right. You're right. You're right. Hold on. Hold on. Glass. Hold on. He the, was Everybody in, hold on while Brent and Whitney Google sorry, sorry, this Sorry. This is, this is just... This is... Galaxy Quest. That's it. Galaxy was Quest. There a, was there a Galaxy Quest pinball? Dude, you're asking the guy who only got into pinball like five years ago, so I have no idea. Now, hold on here. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I, well, I, get, I get where you're coming he, from with it. He, whatever this pinball was, it was a pinball machine. Yeah. Heck, if I know, yeah, he had. Uh, uh, apparently, there was one, but it was one of those little itty bitty tabletop things. Oh, okay, <laughs> so gotcha. it must have been the Lost in Space. Yeah, okay, yeah. So he had he had one of these, and the person that he got it from had color matched the GI. And I had Jesus. known this going in from Man, convers- from uh, reading uh, threads and other conversations like you're talking about on Pinside, where if you look on the bottom of a plastic, a typical yeah. plastic that's lit by GI, yeah. even today, it's white. It's white. It's got a white overpaint on it. Yes. So that it's designed to have a white light under it to light it. To light and it. Make it, it pop. It, and that's true. And, and here's the thing. When I see so many people that bling out their machines and LED out their machines, it's almost like it's almost like they create a showpiece rather than something you can actually track the ball in while you play. It, it, it almost looks like a lit up... Man, Brent, and I know I'm going to get hate mail. They look like lit up, they look like lit up trophies is what they look look like okay they don't look Whitney yes at, at they they don't look like something that you could easily play now brent maybe that's just me because i have i have vision problems okay well you know i'm don't shy away from that at all i need that play field lit up really well because if it if it just turns into a a a play field that is just a bunch of patches of colors quite honestly brent it just looks like somebody took the glass off of it and then just threw a pile of crayons in the box <laughs> and there you go okay and that's what you got for one listener yeah exactly <laughs> so here's so here's whitney's basic recipe when it comes to color matching and leding a machine okay. number one Keep the GI white and keep it as white as you possibly can. I tend to go with bright white instead of warm white. Okay, because uh, cool white, uh, cool white instead of warm yeah. white. And okay, I, I, in my testing, I have everyone has said that and I've heard that. Yes, but I just, I want to look at it. Yeah, and, yeah. Spot once on. once yeah. you go that route, you won't go back. Yeah, cool that, that's that's my take on it. Now here's the thing. I like that cool white or bright white, however you want to say it, but it's cool. Everybody calls it cool white. I like that cool white because what it does, it, for me, it disperses the light extremely well and it lights up places in the play field that were previously obscured, maybe obscured somewhat, and and you would get shadows, okay? okay? So for me, the cool white completely eliminates shadows on the play field, and I love it because of that, all right? Now, for me, I prefer the Coin Taker 2 LED Premium non-ghosting, all right? That's what I have found that I like, and that's pure preference. Pure preference. That's I'm not saying they're better, or worse. I'm just saying for the ones I've tried, that's what I've gravitated towards. That's what I use in my machine, and I color match every single insert. I don't use white in the inserts. I like to color match the inserts because because when they flash. 
there's there's absolutely zero white light bleeding up if there's like a little if there's like a little gap in the insert or there's just ever mm-hmm. so slightly where it'll maybe still have the color of the insert. that's exactly right where maybe the the plastic has just maybe a little chip in the color or something like there, chip at the edge and if it were white then you would have a well-lit insert with a white corner in it this way you have a completely color lit insert and it actually makes the inserts look deeper if you if, if you ask me the third thing when I upgrade the flashers, I go with warm white instead of cool white on the flashers. Okay. And the reason I do this, Brent, is, it, and this is just me, again, personal preference, like for a game like ACDC that has a lot of flashing mm-hmm. going on, where Tron doesn't have that much flashing going on, but like ACDC has a lot of flashing going on, the incandescent warm white does not hurt my eyes with repeated flashing, mm-hmm. whereas the cool white does hurt my eyes so, with repeated flashing. And it's like a pupil dilation thing, okay. you know? And for me, it, 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 I actually feel it in my eyes. It, it's almost like, oh, I got to look away, you know? And, and I've tried them both, okay? And so I always go back to the incandescent colors for the flashers and the cool white colors for the GI. And for Whitney, that creates like the perfectly lit machine. Have you ever tried to color match your flasher? <laughs> no. <laughs> Should I? Well, and that looking through the like coin taker, yeah. they have they do color LED flashers. You're right. They do. And honestly, what I was gonna do at this I, point. You know, if you do it, I'd love to see it. Well, see, here here's where here's where I think I'm gonna land. All right. And I may switch over to because you know, I've also heard a sidebar been trying to figure out if ghosting is a problem on Data East games, and like anything else, there's no definitive answer. Yes, so correct. I had correct. already think thought about upgrading, despite not having them to sample them to like a non-ghosting. Okay. Okay. Now the the ones that you're talking about, they've got this filter on the top, this faceted filter. Yeah, is, exactly. Is that yes. is there only one non-ghosting premium whatever from Coin Taker that has this that faceted top on them? Um, I believe so. There's, it's, is it's there's been, not one with just an exposed chip. Uh, no, 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 okay. no. They uh, no, no. Hold on, hold on. They do have them that are non-ghosting with the exposed you're talking with like the led exposed they 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 do have those and i do have some in selected locations in the game but the other 98 percent are the ones with the now why uh, why did you do different simply because um that's what the bulb map called for and it would be like a clearance issue Okay, because that little frosted cap does take up some space, and so depending upon where the where the GI uh, or I'm sorry where where the GI landed, mm-hmm. I may have to go with one without the cap just to get it to lay in there properly after I fold like after I put uh, you know after I put let's say some of the plastics back over top of it or something like that. I only ran into that like one or two places. So what do you do? Do you do you get to that point and you're like crud? I've got to order two LEDs. Well, yeah, and that's where I would just throw a couple in in the in, in my shopping cart just so I would have them. Mm-hmm. But honestly, Brent, I didn't know that until after the fact. Yeah. So when, so when I ordered the first time, I was in a waiting period. When I ordered the second time, when I ordered the LEDs to do my Tron, I actually added a couple of those uh, just, just a couple of whites because I knew it was going to be it, not a problem for the inserts, dude. They're they're fine. It's for the GI, and I'd add a couple of the whites in that case, yeah, and then, say, ha- then have them on are, on hand. Are, are those caps? Are they much taller 
than even what what a standard lamp would be, what a standard bulb you know, that, would be. That's that's a good question. I don't I don't really no I don't think so. I, I don't really think so. The suit, but, but the thing about it is the, the the cap on these LEDs they're square, okay, and they have a, and they have they they, they come up off. and they're squared yeah. off, whereas your bulbs are rounded and have a fall to it. Yeah. So so there there are there are times where I would just run into just the ever so slightly a clearance issue, and I just didn't want that. Gotcha. Yeah. So that that's me. Well, the supers that I have are just an exposed chip. Okay. And then you know. So I'm I'm still kind of settled, but yet I'm still up in the air. And what I think I'm going to end up doing until I can learn more about it, I don't want to end up with a big pile of LEDs. So I yeah, think I understand. I think, and that, and tr- trust me, dude, that's going to happen. Yeah. Regardless. I think what I'm going to do for now, being that this is a relatively simple game compared to other games, is I'm going to kind of punt. Okay. I'm going to. I'm not a sports fan, so hopefully that's a correct sports reference. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's the football bat reference. You got I'm, it. Yeah. I'm going to make the best guess I can. I'm yeah. going to take care of the inserts and the GI, uh, and I'm going to get some samples for the flashers, and right now just look at running incandescent flashers. And th- th- you know what? And that works as well. Yeah. And, and, and for me, that was because that I, was the best solution because the flashers are incandescent to start with yeah. like that. So I, I like it. And, and I, there is a blue million flashers in that game. <laughs> no. And I just don't want to make, because yeah, I think the I, LED flashers are, are, are pushing two bucks each. Yeah. And I don't want to make... You don't want to be making a bunch of a mistakes. A big mistake. Yeah. 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 So I think I'm going to order some samples and then down the road, I can always... Hey, the flashers are relatively easy to get to. Yeah, I can just change them. They're they're pretty they're pretty easily swapped. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, that's my two cents on color matching and LEDing a pinball machine. I, you know, something somebody else who has years in the hobby may say, Whitney, you don't know what you're talking about. They may say that anyway. It, it, but I can tell you after after LEDing two machines that never had uh, that, that were not designed for LEDs, and I feel it turned out looking extremely nice. That's that's the recipe that I found. Now, yeah. did you notice that Cointaker, they sell the two-chip LEDs as in Stern games, which I think is the sideways way of saying, because I can't say it, we supply LEDs for Stern? Y- yes. Yeah. Yes. And they're yes. different than what you're talking about. They, they are. They've actually got like a dome top on them, uh-huh. but they're like a clearish dome they're top. A clearish dome top with the two little square LEDs. Two little LEDs. Two little LEDs yeah. right there. And like yes. if you look at the lamps like on the Ghostbusters, that's what's in the Ghostbusters. That's what's in the Ghostbusters. And you know something? I... Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I've ever heard it confirmed that Cointaker is their official supplier, but it, I mean, they you look at it and they yeah. are yeah exactly so yeah okay all right so we've spent my money on uh, in a prior segment on Ghostbusters parts on yep. uh, I spent my money on tools and pinball rubbers and I am soon to spend my money with your assistance on leads yes so so here's the thing there's only two other things that we're going to spend your money on this month Brent and I but, don't but I don't know that they're applicable to you I know definitely one of them's not but I'm going to the bring other it up. the other is going to be because in my long list of projects, uh, one of the projects that is crying to me would require... Tapper. 
No. Oh, oh, the red tent. Oh, the red tent. Oh, yeah. I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, you you got one on me then. So here, so here, the first hit, hit one. Yeah. Okay, the the first one. There is on Clove a running thread right now. It's an it's an interest thread, but just based upon the sheer manic love of Tapper throughout the hobby, I don't see this not happening. But uh, Take Man on Clove is running. Uh, is potentially going to do a run of uh, control panels and tap handles for uh, Tapper. And these will be uh, in the normal Take Man form. Uh, you know, they'll be die punch, they'll be bent, they'll be essentially drop-in replacements, black powder coated, essentially ready to throw a CPO on it and go. And uh, the tap handles are uh, exact, they look like exact reproductions of the original tap, handers, uh, t- tap handles that Bally would have had uh in the game so if you're curious about that uh hit up the show notes we'll have a link in the show notes and uh, head over there and, and support that project i mean the control panels are going to be 55 dollars plus shipping and i'm not sure what the ta- i don't think the price on the tap handles has been set because that just hasn't reached the the interest level point um for you know for go no go at this point in time but if you got a tapper restoring a tapper want to build a tapper then this is this is a great way to get that very very unique uh control panel and the second one, yep, Brent, here it is. I, is the elephant in the closet. And get this, dude. I, I can't the, believe it took this long to happen. Well, here's the thing. Um, I, I'm, I, you know, I'd have to pull it up here on on Facebook. I'm not going to do it while I'm, while I'm talking about it. But I tweeted this yesterday and put it on Facebook yesterday. And it within taken like, off. and like within a day, it's already been seen by like a thousand people, shared like twelve or thirteen times, and you know, and just you know, tons of comments and everything. For, for that to happen to me i'd have to fall off like a dump truck or something you know <laughs> well it's 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 amazing as to what is to what um what takes hold with people okay in the hobby but this is one and mike's arcade uh, and this is this is mike uh, i think is he pronounces his last name hayland uh, mike hayland from mike's arcade he has gone to the trouble of reproducing the molds to reproduce an exact copy of Nintendo buttons, all right? And this is the entire gamut of Nintendo buttons. I'm not talking about just what you see in the, you know, the orange and blues that you see in a Donkey Kong or Donkey Kong Jr. and, you know, yellow and Popeye and everything like that. This is everything. Uh, we're talking Play Choice, Play Choice tint, uh, Play Choice 10, the red tints, uh, what you would see in Punch-Out!, you know, super punch out. Uh, of course, you know your standard Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Junior buttons, everything like that. I mean, these are brand spanking new, 100% exact reproductions, and Mike's going to price them at $10 a button plus free shipping. Now he did run a Kickstarter on these two years ago. It's been two years, Brent, since mm-hmm. we talked about that Kickstarter. Yep. It was a 30-day Kickstarter. I can't believe the show's lasted that long. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it's true that. And it was a 30-day Kickstarter because at that time, that's all Kickstarter would allow. And, uh, and you know, now Kickstarter's expanded that to where they'll do 60 and 90 and maybe even longer, uh, you know, runs for their for their projects. But it did not fund at that time. And I, I honestly believe the only reason it didn't fund is because it just didn't have enough time to fund. But Mike, 
uh, Mike went ahead and took the mantle and uh, ran with it, and he has done this all on his own accord with his own money and investment. And I will tell you, Brent Skyskipper will be getting brand new buttons from Mike's Arcade. All right, and I need some buttons uh, for some other pro- from for some other games, especially my Popeye and. Um, Let's see, my Popeye and my Donkey Kong Jr. Uh, in fact, right now, my Donkey Kong Jr., I've got his uh, older shave-down buttons, and they're not, they're, they work, but they, they're not right, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm just going to need to order some of these. And it's mostly the blues. I've got enough oranges, you know, because uh, fortunately enough, a good buddy of mine hooked me up with some oranges way back in the day. But the blues have been the tough ones to get hold of because they all turn blue green or like yep. teal over yep. time and these and we're talking like these are going to be the these are going to be the the uh, the, the mac daddy i, I know buttons. that like the red tint needs uh my red tint needs a black button because i think yeah i think the red tint's the only place the black buttons was used if it is if memory correct serves. if memory serves and i'm and i'm thinking right that is correct because you yes. had you had in a red tint you've got four sticks to either side uh-huh. you've got an a and b button per player now i think those are the same colors and then you got the player selects and, and then, then the player selects is where they get into the different the colors different colors and one yeah. of the player selects is black yeah and i think one of them's crimson and things like you know the, the purplish mm-hmm. color if i'm not mistaken so yeah it, it's yes it's just all over the the map i mean like punch out uses the, the green buttons you know so yeah it's, dang you marks okay <laughs> yeah uh, there's going to be money spent here, and there's but uh, honestly, there's just really no way around it because there's such a need for this for these buttons, and um, I'm gonna have to get Alex a set of buttons for his skyscraper. You know what's keeping you know? me from doing the red tent? What's that? You know where I'm gonna put it? I'm gonna put it right there against that wall, right oh, to your right. Oh, right here. And that's my thought. Now, yeah, I, I've been it's a perfect. There. It's a perfect place for and it. And what's keeping me from doing it is the fear that the first morning I put it there, I'll run down the steps and, and you're I'll gonna, cut that left and I'll kneecap myself. And then you're going to cuss your red tent. Yeah. yeah. And you don't want to be doing that. That's a silly excuse, but that's what I'm going with for yeah, now. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll have a picture. We'll have a picture of these in the show notes. You can see them on oh, the Facebook those. page. I thought you made a me kneecapping no, myself. No, I will, I'll definitely get that too. <laughs> but we'll have a picture of the buttons in the show notes. Uh, but you can see them right now on our Facebook page. Um, I tweeted them as well. And these are the actual buttons. As you can see, Mike's got a couple different shades of. As of, soon as a I saw this colors. picture, I, I figured that it was yours. Yeah. I, I figured this was a handful that you'd already bought. No, 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 yeah. I, no. Uh, it, it, you can't buy them yet. He he isn't listing them for sale. He's working on getting his site ready to list them for sale, um, and uh, you know, getting getting a shopping cart ready. That's what he says on the on the cloth thread. But uh, those are the actual first run buttons, and they're yeah, you know, they're marvelous. So sweet. So, dude, I will say this: this has actually been a banner episode. We have spent just a virtual crap ton <laughs> of money this episode. Yes, whether, we have. Whether it was the you know the the combined. Money Money for the Ghostbusters and everything that follows, or or Nintendo buttons and uh, Brian, uh, you know Brian multimeters. I'm I'm just glad we have jobs because otherwise I don't see how we'd ever support this hobby. No, we uh, well we'd have to sell plasma. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and yeah, yes, exactly, and yeah, and make other plans for the off days. Okay. So yes, exactly. Okay, Whitney, my wallet has gone into cardiac arrest. So <laughs> Mine too. let's uh, let's shift into some news and feedback. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's close out the show in the grandest of style. How about that? Awesome.
Okay, Brent, we are at uh, the final segment of the show, and this is always uh, this is always one of my favorites as well, but we get to talk about a little bit of news and get into some feedback, and uh, my goodness, the feedback just keeps rolling on, and I, it just puts a smile on my face, man. There's there's quite a good bit to go through there. So I know you've got some stuff to share, and I've got some stuff to share. Uh, yeah, so yeah, why don't we start with, uh, with, with a couple of the news bites that, that you threw here in the show notes. Yeah, just a couple of things I want to touch on, because honestly, you know, the feedback thing it is great to see it and it's it's not a self-gratification thing it's just it's just nice to interact with folks and see you know where we can take things but yeah there's a couple things i wanted to touch on and it was uh a little bit more pinball news and it's the result of pinball expo we've already talked about batman and ghostbusters and all the all the other offerings from stern and check out the other shows coast to coast and pinball podcast and this flipping podcast for you know, all that kind of coverage. But the one thing I I did want to bring up was it looks like Stern is going to build question mark, question mark, Aerosmith. It's an interesting, uh, interesting uh, license, if you ask me. So here's how this came about. Apparently, there is a coffee table type book from Dirty Donnie showing Dirty Donnie's artwork. And Dirty Donnie did the artwork for Metallica. Right. And the artwork, the book rather, included basically all the artwork for the game. It showed, I don't think it showed the play field, but it showed um, cabinet, the like, cabinet and the, like the, the side profile. Yeah, the side yeah. profile and I think the yeah. back glass. Uh-huh. So, you know, the question still remains is it the next game? Was it a concept? Are they, you know, is it ever going to get made? And if so, when? But it looks like Aerosmith was or is on the agenda for on, a Stern game. On the docket, isn't it? Well, I, I hate to say it, but that'll be a title that just uh, Whitney will not buy. So You're not an Aerosmith fan? Not an Aerosmith fan. And, and I'm not saying it because I... What about a Taylor Swift game? <laughs> I don't know. Tay-Tay's got talent. Okay. So, you know, you know I, like, stuff uh, goes. I do like a little Taylor Swift. Yeah, okay. Okay, I right. can understand. Uh, easy on the eyes. I'm yeah, sure. ACDC hard on the heart. Taylor Swift. Okay. Yep. But um, I, don't, I don't know, Brent. I've just never been a huge ACD. I'm sorry. A huge <laughs> I need to go wash my mouth out there real quick. Can't believe I even started to say that. But uh, a huge Aerosmith fan. It's just, I don't know, man. I, I just... I don't know. See, I, I, know like they, I know they've been around for a long time, yeah. and I know that they've got. Yeah, I know they've got a legacy, but I just don't see them the same way as I see somebody like ACDC. I, so, I like Aerosmith, but um, I know there's a lot more Aerosmith than makes its way into even the pseudo mainstream. And you know, once you kind of get into some of the more obscure stuff that a big fan would like, I, that's but that wouldn't be in a pinball game. They would be dude yeah. looks like a lady. Oh yeah, and all that's that that's what stuff. they got to do. Yeah. Now you know what I will say this: their catalog probably lends itself well to a pinball machine because. You know, you've got songs like Dude Looks Like a Lady Loving an Elevator, things like that that are just kind of campy and kind of fun, yep. I guess. So I, I I get it, and you know it's going to sell. I, I'm just not a huge Aerosmith fan, and that's but that's just me. I'm looking for the album. What was the Aerosmith album that first had Loving an Elevator on it? Because I, I, I want to say know. that album was out, yeah, 1989 when I was in high school. If there is one Aerosmith album and I can't think of was the it name big of, ones or something like no, that. No, this was before that. Before that. Okay. Um, no, this actually was on an album called pump and it, oh, that, pump. that's, that's it. not the album I'm even thinking of. Yeah. There was that, there was a, a, a couple albums there where I did enjoy the entire album. Yeah. But I, like I said, I know that they're, they're disc- discography. Yeah. There's a, there's the 
I don't know if that's a show title, but that's another dollar word for the show. <laughs> Their discography is pretty extensive. It, it is. Their, their, ca- their catalog yeah, their is... Their catalog, it's, yeah. It spans the generations. There's no doubt. I, I like Aerosmith, but outside of those couple albums from that, that frame in my life when I was listening to them, I, I, I don't know their, their stuff. Really. And I'm in the same boat, but I will say this. If, you know, if, if, I were, if I were held at gunpoint and, you know, Gary Stern was saying buy Aerosmith or buy Rolling Stones, I'm buying Aerosmith all day long. So, you know, that's, that's all I can say. <laughs> I think they still have Rolling Stones you're trying to sell. <laughs> I think that's the problem, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a couple other things to mention. Uh, Highway debuted Alien. And now I was an alien. The second movie was Aliens. Aliens. Bill Paxton in Correct. It, right? Yes, yes. That Now that also fits right in that time frame when, you know, they played it a lot on cable and I was a little younger <laughs> and I was always kind of around the house. He whined so much oh, in that yeah. movie. Yeah. When my legs cut off. Yeah, you know, I just, just quit whining. Yeah, just quit whining and either die or don't. Yeah, just one just, of the two, <laughs> you know. Your best role was Chet when you were in Weird Science, Bill. <laughs> yes, stop. That and you were so intense in Titanic that it made me puke. But yeah. regardless, <laughs> we love you, Bill. We love you. Uh, <laughs> so I was an Aliens fan. I don't think I ever saw Alien all the way through. Oh, it, was, it was good. I, You know, I, I've liked them all. Have you seen Prometheus? No. Oh, my gosh, dude. You have got to see that. that no, that I'm mo- not. I mean, do you, are, you got something where you're not going to see it? No, or? I just, no, I just oh, haven't. No. Oh, no. You see Actually, it, man. It is great. Thinking back, I really should go back and see all of Alien. Because yes. I've seen little snippets of it. Yeah. And, uh, um... What was the? What, it just I just had it on my mind and it just left me. Oh, Close Encounters. Never seen that all the way through. I neither have I. I've seen pieces of it I've, and I've out always, of order. I've always seen pieces of it yeah. and completely out so of order. So I need to You're I right. need to sit down and watch that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So Alien Pinball. That'll be a great thing. Looks like from what I understand, unless it's changed. <laughs> it's just, I say it completely subjectively. Yeah. You know, yeah. No Ridley. So. Huh. Wow. I just went blank on her name. Yeah, Sigourney I'm, Weaver. I almost said Susan Sarandon. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. This, this, <laughs> close, close enough. This is what happens, folks, when we yeah. do long shows. Yes, exactly. Which, which are all of which our shows. Which means every yeah, single yeah. month. Yes. And uh, JJP, their Pat Lawler game, uh, unlicensed title, dialed in. I, dude, I, I, I totally respect what Pat Lawler's done and JJP has done by, Jersey Jack has done by taking on an unlicensed theme to, to get it out in the mainstream. I've got nothing but props for those guys for doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That being said, I don't understand the theme whatsoever. None. I don't understand it at all. I've it, heard, maybe it would if I played it, but I've I don't heard a know. little about the game. Yeah. And supposedly, the premise of the game is you're some kind of like repairman type of a deal. Okay. And you get a call, and okay. then there's a small display that looks like a, a smartphone, or actually a rather large, almost like a five-inch display that looks like a smartphone. Yeah. It gives you status and information, and it's from the picture that I recall seeing, it's kind of upright on the play field, okay. so it's not like you have to look down on it, or you have to look up on the on the head. And you get a call for something that's happening in the city, and it's like... Uh, a, uh, asteroids fell, and you have okay. to you have to go and you have to repair stuff. Okay, gotcha. And then I assume that you make shots and do all that to build toward repairing whatever. I, I see. So I see. there's a bash toy in it, I believe, and uh, yeah, from, a couple a couple bash toys yeah. that wigged me out because I've got this whole you know um, funhouse and Rudy kind of yeah. you know ventriloquist dummy thing going on that I just can't stand them. So that that immediately jumped out to me. I guess the only thing was when you. Know, 
you know, looking at the table and at the theme, it didn't, it was not immediately apparent to me what, what the overall theme was trying to convey. That, I think that's where my confusion oh, just kind of set see. in. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. I think it's almost kind of like a play on like not only the phone aspect, and it, it has a tie into like smartphones as yeah, well. You I, can, yeah, I saw that. You can have it. I think you can do some flipper control from a smartphone, which I which I could wow. see doing is like, yeah, that's cool, but I'll never use it. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I'm with you. It's, it just doesn't jump out, and it's just, at least from the title, tell you, okay, this is kind of this is a medieval game, or this yeah. is a bash the castle game or this is a sports game or- yeah exactly this it just it just felt kind of weird i guess but you know yeah. again a total respect for what they're doing i just need to spend some time with it to understand what's actually going on yeah actually i think i i'm a little bit more excited because it's different i'd like to play dialed in yeah me too oh, i'm looking forward to being able to play it because i don't want to pass any judgment on it whatsoever you know from that regard i, I just yeah i would just and, have to you know look at it as soon as and Andrew does Back to the Future. Andrew Highway does Back to the Future. <laughs> it's instant buy. I'm party I'm, at Brent's house. You know, and for those that don't know the way Andrew and, and Highway Pinball does their games, it's like a kit, you can kit the game. So you can buy a chassis and you can buy, say, for example, if you bought Alien, and I don't know if this is actually the way they have it tiered right now, which way you can go up and down. Yeah. But you can buy, once you have the cabinet, you can buy subsequent games as kits. Yeah. So like yeah. if you bought Alien today when Andrew made Back to the Future, please Andrew make Back to the Future <laughs> uh or the next game whatever the next game is, the intention is is you could buy a kit which is the play field and then the graphics are magnetic and then whatever software to plug into the 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 CPU, swap the game, the kit comes with a case, you can store the other play field away safely and you've got a new game and then you can swap it in minutes. So yeah. anyway, yeah. Yeah. A great concept and all things being equal, I would buy into that, but it's, you know, it's where where's where's the end? Yep. But yeah, I, I get it. Okay, Whitney. So let's get into the feedback side of the house here. And man, we've got quite a bit, as you mentioned. Yeah. Well, why don't you take these next two right okay. here? Yeah. Well, the first thing I'm going to talk about, uh, bring up is the winner of the pack soap you know we uh, announced mr james pack soap hail yeah i mean we spare no expense with the prizes on this show dude no doubt no no i mean he got uh, a richmond pinball shirt which was given to me by (laughs) taylor reese at this flipping podcast yep uh, he got a Marco cloth carry bag, which, which was I given to you by Marco, which I snatched off the Marco booth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and a pack of pack, a package of Pac-Man soap, which cost me one dollar. One dollar. Yeah. Yeah. So James, you, you, but you made out, buddy, like a bandit. I, I had to laugh because it cost me way more to ship it. <laughs> than it, did. it cost me for the soap. <laughs> oh, that's awesome though. J- James, he took it in stride. And in fact, he actually, tweeted a picture of his prize package a little further down and he says it is a quote-unquote major award <laughs> so and i did and i did to offset the uh um the uh, loss of the pac-man so <laughs> well it was my loss his gain i did you know for having to take the pac-man soap i did toss in a couple broken token stickers uh, he, he made out and some and some artwork that was uh given to us uh 
I have lost my names again, Whitney. Yeah, David me. Paul. David Paul. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. David Paul did a, did some artwork for us for Southern Fried Game Room Expo, and it's Brent as a as the little black rain cloud raining down <laughs> on Whitney's day. It's funny. So I, I still got I still got to scan that at some point because that's that's just that brilliant. Great. It's brilliant. I, I passed yeah. along the coloring book version of that artwork uh, for, so that James could color. Yeah, that's after awesome. he took his bath with his Pac Man. So exactly, and dry himself off with the t shirt. Yeah. You know, so yeah. And I guess what where the where the Marco bag is underwear or something <laughs> I don't, I don't put know it on your head yeah put it on your head I don't know anyway James you you got it buddy I, I don't we, know if we, you we won love or, we love you man I don't know if you won out or lost or what the deal no, was no he but. definitely lost but anyway it's all good yep uh, Whitney let's talk a little bit about the I guess oh, this is feedback news whatever uh, the grand old game room expo yes yes this is happening in Nashville uh, November Nashville Tennessee November 11th through the 13th yep and the website is grand old o-l-e expo dot com dot com yeah Whitney and I will be there yeah looking forward to it we're, we're going to be headed down there for the weekend and uh we're going to uh, host a couple of seminars and, uh, you know, just kind of, I guess, for lack of a better term, hobnob with uh, with all the, the industry elites and the hobby elites and uh, can be completely out of our element. But you know what? It'll it'll all be OK. <laughs> Looking forward to it. But no uh, show organizer, David, David Corrigan has extended us the, uh, you know, the the invitation to come down and we're excited that uh, somebody wanted to host us and uh, and we hope that we can get asked back so yeah i'm looking forward to going down so so make sure you check out our seminars as usual you know you yeah. have the the unbelievable wit of whitney and i <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> uh and uh, i'm sure fun and hilarity will ensue oh, yeah. there will also be prize giveaways you know, actually, and I still have Pac-Man soap, so maybe we'll bring, we'll spread the Pac-Man soap love around. There, there you go. Start a nationwide trend that, that goes nowhere. Yeah, so yeah, it, exactly. hopefully dies quickly. Yeah, dies, dies as soon as it starts. Yeah. Now, uh, something that is a bit of a surprise that Whitney knows nothing about, which is not on the list, is a little feedback, if you will, from our friend Nick Baldridge over oh, okay. at the For Amusement Only, the EM and Bingo Pinball Podcast. Oh man, that's a mouthful. Isn't now, given that I have not been able to recall any names for the past hour, <laughs> the only reason I knew that is because I Googled it ahead of time and made sure I had it here to read. Whitney, you open the coin door on the Tempest. Okay, Reach, so, reaching behind myself. And this was poor planning on Brent's part because he set Whitney's table in such a way that the chair is right in front of the Tempest. No, I, I got it. I got it. Whitney is now moving the chair. He is opening the coin door. What, what do we have here? There. Oh, my God. Dude, it's a it's a dis. <laughs> It's a dismembered head. It is the Halloween spooktacular. Oh, oh dude, that is that is so freaky, man. <laughs> no, it's actually it's actually behind the game. Oh. No, that's that's my dismembered oh, head. Dude, that's hideous, man. <laughs> I'm just, all right. I'm just moving. That People out come of the way. to my house and they're gonna be like, I gotta look at all your coin doors. No, it's actually behind the game. Oh, oh, it's my bad. It's, yeah, it's, I just seriously, it's behind. It's the behind game? the game. Just okay. There's, there's okay. A, Hang on, I'm gonna take my headphones. There's off an envelope behind the game. No, that's oh. that's not behind the game, Whitney. That's in my shop. Gotcha. Now we got it. <laughs> He's got it. Okay, He's got I got it. it now. Yeah, the uh, the dismembered head is part of the. You have to take a picture of that, Whitney. That in the hand. Oh yeah, dude. That's that's just <laughs> freaky, man. Just totally <laughs> freaky. All right, what do we got here? That, oh wow, cool. Nick sent you a little present. Nick, thank you. I will have to email him. 
Sweet. So it tell is everybody. a bingo. It is a red bingo row, uh, EM bingo row uh, T-shirt, and this is this is awesome. Now that Love that. that commemorates. Uh, does it say on the on the banner? What is it? The York Show. The York. Uh, yes, it says. Uh, I'm sorry. I need to move closer to my microphone. My apologies. At the White Rose Game Room Show in York, Pennsylvania. So they had a row of bingos set up, and and for those that. Uh, aren't familiar with Nick. Nick is an EM guru and he really, really enjoys working on EM, uh, excuse me, bingo type games. And those are earlier flipperless EM games that kind of had a little nefarious background. They were pseudo gambling type games, multi-ball games. And uh, just go, go check out his show. And, and uh, he is a mad scientist when it comes to these games. It is just unbelievable but he is he is bringing bingo back baby and taking him to shows he's doing it right yeah taking him to shows whenever he can he keeps trying to drag me into the em world curse you nick baldridge oh you know you want to oh i i I so want to nip it (laughs) he's he i every time a nip it goes for sale in the continental united states he texts me it's like is he really that's hilarious it's like dude (laughs) <laughs> well, close by. He's reasonable, you know. Yeah, yeah. He, he's looking out for you. Yeah, he's looking out for me. So anyway, that shirt commemorates the row of bingos that that he had hand in assembling at the White Rose Game Room show this year. It's very limited and very exclusive, Whitney. You should. That feel- is that is just flat out awesome. So yeah, Nick, thank you. I will shoot you an email, uh, brother, and uh, give you a proper uh, a, a proper thank you. But that that's awesome. I appreciate you thinking of me. All right, Whitney. Once you get uh, organized there, and you can take this next I'm one in. from Jeremy. Yeah, this this is e- this is from the email bag. Okay, the uh, the bottomless email bag. And Jeremy writes in. And he says, "Hey guys, first of all, love the podcast. Listen to them all from the beginning." And and I, I'm sitting there going, "Whoa!" And you're st- and you're still with us. Oh my gosh, uh, Jeremy, you are awesome. He goes. I just had to write in since you guys were talking about the super limited edition Stern pinballs and you likened the cost uh, runs to cars in particular, Mustangs. And so he, he goes on to say, he goes, I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to add an additional perspective since my wife and I are considering buying our first pinball at some point in the near future. We would also like some kind of weekend driver, which, if I have my way, will be a Mustang GT. I can't honestly see either of us deciding to spend the kind of money on a pinball which could buy a nice 2000s or newer used Mustang GT. Better yet, no car dealer is going to make you... I'm sorry. Better yet, no car dealer is going to make us prove our worth uh, our worth as a driver or a mustang fan they would just want the green and it's a and it's deal done (laughs) thanks for everything you guys do on the show (laughs) jeremy and you know something jeremy he said it all right there there's yeah jeremy yes (laughs) you are correct so yeah so jeremy thank you for writing in and uh we want to see a picture of the pinball machine that you and your wife uh buy as well as the car that you get yourself a hold of you know, uh, in the in the purchase of the premiums, the Ghostbusters premiums, there was that surreal moment when I had both that and my current driver on the property, and I realized that pinball was worth more than my car. Yeah, valued at. yeah, I, I I get it, dude. Trust me, my my Ghostbusters premium is worth actually two x what uh, oh, of the car yeah. that I drive. Oh, so, easily, yes. mine yeah. easily. Yeah, and you know, 
I guess that all is it's all, it's all good though. It, it, this all does go back to what we often say is first world problems, but yep. it's where we decide to spend the money. It's, it's that where we I find the value. That's where yes. I find value out of the dollar spend. So that, yeah. that's that's how I say it. From a car perspective, personally, I take good care of it. That way, I know it gets me to work. I have no concerns with it. Yep. But I don't have to have a new car no, to drive every day. No, and I, so. I certainly don't want to owe on a car. So, you know, something, so that that's what Whitney drives. And that's, so that's I, how so it goes. So I got the Ghostbusters. Got the Ghostbusters, baby. All right, next one. Uh, next email is from uh, listener Eric Guthrie. And he says, uh, Dear Broken Token, thank you for the shout out regarding the Laser Tag Museum. You know what? Now, it, now get this, Brent. We've got two. we got another one coming up on this. L- listen to this. He goes, even we have to say Yes. There is a laser tag museum. <laughs> That's awesome. LOL. He said, we are glad that you had a great time at the laser tag museum in Laser Blaze. Best regards, Eric Guthrie, curator of the laser tag museum. Oh. Now, how about that, Brent? How about that? I- I so want that on a business card. How about that, that dude? Can you awesome. can you believe that this guy Eric is the curator of the Laser Tag Museum, listening to the show and writes that for dude, you? Dude, we're on his homepage. Are you no I just, impossible? No, I just open. Well, for, first of all, and, and I have to apologize to Eric and Eric. I don't. Uh, maybe we should actually talk with Eric. Uh, it's, uh, no, we've got his. We got his yeah, email. We're reaching out to because I'm kind of interested now as to how the Laser Tag Museum relates to Laser Blaze. Are they one and the same entity? Are they? Yeah. Regardless, it actually crossed my mind today that I was woefully negligent and that I hadn't posted my Laser Blaze pictures. Oh well, we as gotta, I mentioned, I would. So now, I, I need to get point, on. We got to see. We got to see them, man. And, and in those pictures. I took some pictures of specific vests and displays in the laser tag museum, but I also took some like overall pictures just to, just to show folks. It's like, look at this. This is amazing. You know, so you can see the, the, just the sheer number of things they had on display. I mean, it's amazing. And he's a listener. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and it, it isn't that awesome. I mean, seriously, it isn't that awesome. So, so if you go to their homepage and if you scroll down, let's see, there's like a little picture from the museum, there's their header page, and if you get uh about halfway down their page, there is a link to our page. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is so that is so Sweet. awesome. That is so awesome. I just awesome. want to be a curator or something. Man, it, wouldn't it wouldn't it be great? I mean, seriously, curator of the Laser Blaze Museum. And I, I just I, I just think that's, that's I just awesome. think that's that's awesome. Now so here's the thing. So Eric, thank you for writing in and yes, we we should definitely talk to you at some point because that's that that's past a curiosity for Brent, and you know what? We owe him that much. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Oh, I had a ball. I mean, we should so do that. We should, you know, we maybe need to organize like some tri-state listeners, like Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky. Yeah, and just go and just go. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, it would. It would be fun. So hey, so Eric, yeah, thank you for listening and thank you for writing in. Now this next one, Brent, it's a little long, but it's worth it. Okay. Now, do you? Did I accidentally? cut that off or oh no no i'm sorry because i i 
go ahead. I mean, I, I pasted an email in, and I'm not seeing, I don't think, what you're seeing. So go okay. ahead. Okay. Are you talking about the one from Danny? Yeah, that, that's the one I pasted in. I was going to read, read oh, that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Then, then, Oh, that's you. Okay, go, oh, go okay, for it. Go okay, for it. Okay. Yeah, go for it. All right. So Danny, he actually wrote to me, and this was uh, an email, uh, and I can't figure out why people did this. I was kind of surprised, but everybody wanted a piece of the pack soap. He was <laughs> buying for pack soap. <laughs> that's hilarious. Now, I keep I keep trashing the pack soap. The pack yeah. soap is kind of cool. Yeah. So, yeah. so he started off, hey, good afternoon. I'm a huge fan of your guys' podcast, and your shows regularly carry me through my, get this, through my 20-plus mile run I, I see here's the only thing i can say is goodness and if i had my if i had my soundboard spun up i would uh, do my george takei oh my oh yes exactly yes and so the, i thought this was really cool because we always hear about the 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 number of commutes per show <laughs> yeah and, and yeah. this guy is listening to us on a run yeah well sean o, listener sean o'shea refers to the commutes a little later on in the twitter stuff again so it, yes it, this all comes back around full circle as you say so danny continues i'm a marathon and ultra marathon runner Whew. Yes. And I'm in the medical field by trade. So between four kids ages eight, six, four, and 18 months. Oh, my gosh. And working nonstop, you guys can understand how much time is left over for games. And that would be nine. Yes. I have just started watching your YouTube sessions, and I'd have to say, without having been to your pin segment, it's got to be Back to the Future as the official pin mascot. <laughs> I'm listening to the back shows as I'm writing this at mile 17 on a beautiful day in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and you probably have already drawn a winner. Uh, Danny was trying to get get in on the on the soap contest, yeah. but he wanted to take a guest nonetheless. So thanks again for everything you guys do and the incredible amount of knowledge and entertainment you guys provide each and every month. And contrary to others, the four hour shows aren't quite long enough as that only gets me through little over one long run. <laughs> Wow. That is amazing. Well, Danny, thank you for writing in. And uh, you are, um, you're awesome. I don't know what else to say. So, I mean, that's just, that's, that's amazing. So Danny and I did swap a couple emails. Awesome. Let me, I'm going to pull this. Um, we, we talked a little bit about like what the mascot pin was. And for those that may not remember, I asked when you entered the, the pack soap contest was during the video, I made a, uh, a request of the audience to give the official mascot pin of the broken token podcast. Yeah. And then I kind of had a joke pin in there and I yeah. wanted to know what the joke pin was. And, you know, Danny mentioned back to the future cause we talk about it quite a bit. And, and then we talked back and forth because the joke pin that I actually inserted was a call back to the, the congratulatory <laughs> bit we did for spooky pinball. Yeah. And I ranted about, the pins that will never be again. One yeah. of which was like hard body. Hard body. Yeah. Yes. Oh yes. So we kind of talked back and forth and then I've got to get this, I got to get this head off this table, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. You just keep going. This, this head's so wearing We were out. talking about the past credits and all that. So here's a little bit I wanted to catch from this last email. Um, I definitely listen to every show past the credits and must not have been thinking when I send in my unofficial guest. And late by over a month, uh, I'm sorry, I'm distracted by Whitney hiding the dismembered. <laughs> yeah, uh, amongst other things, I'm putting a dismembered head back in the coin bucket of Brent's Tempest. So uh, 
<laughs> How it got there, I don't know, but I'm putting it back where I, I found the it. Show titles head in a coin bucket. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think you what, just got it. What's in What's in Brent's coin bucket? That I think. What's, I, what's in the coin bucket? Yeah. What's in the coin bucket? All yes. Right. All right. So let me try this again. I definitely listened to every show past the credits and must not have been thinking when I sent it in my unofficial and late by over a month answer last weekend. Just like this morning, I was listening back to parts of episodes 33 and 34 again, which got me through just under 24 miles in the relative, albeit freezing temps here in Virginia Beach starting at 4.30 a.m. Oh, golly. Woo. He yeah. is a trooper. Um, and, uh, wow. Impressive. So he's referencing episodes 33 and 34. And man, just like before, couldn't keep my dry eye uh, till the end. So uh, I, I, I'm i sure I don't know the numbers by heart, but I'm sure that references the story. Yeah. Yeah. It relates back to the game that, yep. that belonged yep. to my mom. Yeah. Sure enough. That 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 is awesome as well. So that's that's uh, sweet. I just dude. wanted to make sure to read that out. Yeah. And and. Again, you know, hey Danny, I appreciate the the feedback and the thought and and the listen and you can hopefully you can tell it means a lot. So. Oh yeah, yeah, for for sure. I mean, I mean, as soon as I, as soon as I heard your voice crack, I shot you a look and yeah. I'm like, oh, I know. Okay, I, I know what yeah. that's at. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So Danny, yes, we greatly appreciate the feedback and um, man, listen to something fun when you're running twenty some odd miles. <laughs> <laughs> listen listen to some taylor swift or something oh yeah yeah some tay tay that's that's awesome oh me all right whitney all right so the twitters were alive brent and uh it seems that uh me posting a picture of my mad planets unloading escapade uh got a few people got a few people uh spun up which which was good it's hey that's great it's funny um you know, I I tweeted the picture of of how I had to unload the Mad Planets out of the back of my out of the back of my Magnum, and I I, I tweeted I said I didn't hurt my back and I did get the game unloaded by myself, but lesson learned in not doing this again. And then I posted a picture of uh, that of the system that I used to unload said Mad Planets out of the back of the car, and listener Sean O'Shea replied back and he said. So yes, he goes. I was indeed shaking my head saying. Oh, Whitney. <laughs> and, and that's how I read it in my mind, you know, and it just made me laugh. It poor, was, uh, poor Whitney. Poor Whitney. It was awesome. Well, and then listener Daniel Copeland goes on to say, and he goes, he goes, uh, just listen to the Mad Planet's debacle. And yes, it was that. He said, listening made me physically tired. He goes, because I've been there many times. Hashtag, are we crazy? And uh, yes, uh, Daniel. Yes. Know, yes, we are. I don't exactly. know how many, how many times I've said I will never unload a, an arcade cabinet by myself out of my truck, and yet what do, I do, what do you, it. What do you find do yourself it, yeah. doing oh, every single time? That's a light one. I can do it. Yeah, I, I got it's that one. It's not a pole position. I can do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that was uh, that was there. Uh, on another note, uh, listener Sean O'Shea again, he says, I've recently taken to listening to podcasts at 1.5x. Dude, we'd sound like the chipmunks. It, it, it would be horrible. But he said, but don't worry, boys. I've ramped back to 1x for the full broken token experience. <laughs> and that, that just, I saw that and that just put a smile on my face. And then Jeff Waldron 
Corbin replied and he said that would shrink the podcast down to four hours, right? <laughs> yeah, right at, at, at one one and a half at speed. One and a yeah. half speed. And uh and then then Sean replied and he said, Yep, or, or for me, about four commutes. And I'm like, <laughs> Touche, boys, touche. Well, I like Jeff Waldron's uh uh, tweet a little later he just said at broken token i want a set of waldron crimpers <laughs> <laughs> jeff hashtag jeff waldron effect yes i would uh i'm trust me jeff we're gonna figure out where we can get you a set of your crimpers okay so whenever we find that we'll let you know escalito tweeted on the road to rescue a few games from a barn in ohio Good thing at Broken Token put up a new show recently, and it's a picture of I guess this is the in dash display. Of, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, in his car, yeah, and it's, it's running it's awesome. episode forty six. Yeah, I, ju- I just thought that was the neatest thing, you know. And it, look at the time seven twelve, uh, likely seven twelve in the morning, uh, as most uh, you know, as most day trips go. And yeah, it was just cool to see that. So uh, Escalito, man, thank you. That was uh, major props, dude. That was awesome. Now here's a picture of Vertvik doing the doing what I like to call the Whitney. The Whitney, and that yes. means shoving a game in the back of a car <laughs> that it was never intended to yes. be in. Yes, at Broken Token Station Wagon question mark. Then I think he disparaged our male our manhood. Yeah, oh, he he, <laughs> d- he definitely disparaged my dog my Dodge Magnum. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Station Wagon sissies. I got this home in my golf vw golf dude and then pulled it out on my own <laughs> yes so he did but well. what he doesn't tell us is there's probably no monitor in it it's, probably yeah it's probably it's, it's probably only half he, a cabinet dude, dude. He's, he's british they've got those little itty bitty teeny light little baby cabinets they're nothing yeah so it, I, i'm i'm saying i could carry one of those up up the steps that and a case of water at the same time yeah i'm saying i'm saying that it, it has to be a cabaret with no monitors what it is Oh yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. definitely, definitely. All right. So, what's happening on Facebook, Whitney? That's Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, quite quite a bit. Uh, listener Phil Shepard, he said, "BTS, you guys have discussed what machine Kapow, and of course, that's uh, I think the design house that worked with Stern for Batman for Batman sixty six. What machine Kapow should do on on your last show, or what what I'm sorry, what machine Kapow should do next." on your last show and thought you might find this interesting. Stern has a survey up now for which games uh, Kapow should do next. Here are the options they have. Let the speculation begin. Unfortunately, there's no title I'd uh, pay those uh, new Kapow prices for, though. Ghostbusters is my favorite franchise, and thankfully I was able to get an LE without dropping Batman 66 coin. So that's that's awesome. So, Phil, thanks for thanks for the note. Uh, glad you got a Ghostbusters LE. Hey, hey, Phil, seriously, write us in and let us know if anything you've experienced on your machine you know, parallels what Brent and I have talked about on this on this episode. So, yeah, Phil, thank you. That's, that's awesome. So I remember from the list, we don't have the list here in front of us, but one of the things that shocked me yeah because it was only like six titles yep and one of them was the monkeys yeah yeah now here's what's funny the monkeys yes i was and probably still am i say probably because it's not like i i listen to them regularly anymore i was a huge monkeys fan i liked the shows i liked the music i saw them in concert I, i just enjoyed the monkeys yeah back in the day um, at one point in time, or maybe several points in time, they were actually outselling the Beatles. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. You're right. It, they they had the, they had their 15 minutes. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah. Well, they, and they stretched it probably into 45. Yeah, I would agree and with that. For for a manufactured band 
consisting they of people. Sa- they sounded really good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they, they couldn't play their own instruments. When they went on tour, they actually learned to play instruments. I mean, they were a manufactured band for the TV show. So it, it was just amazing that they did as well as they did. Yeah. Today, they have zero relevance. Yeah, but they're still cool. I mean, they're, Oh, no, they're, I love them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if somebody one-offed a monkeys game, I'd play it. <laughs> but, I mean, who knows the monkeys? And it, it's generations past, man. Yeah. You know, us, we're probably the last generation right. to really know I mean, if, we, if you and I walked down the street and we started singing a Beatles song, chances are a millennial or younger could pick it up and sing it. Yeah. If we started singing Daydream Believer or yeah. Last Train to Clarksville... Yeah, that's, that, not, that's not happening. Yeah, they, they, they don't know. <laughs> Daydream so, Believer. That's awesome. That needs, we need to get the instrumental on that and incorporate it into the show the somehow. Head, the, head t- uh, the head title. The, the title of the show either needs to be Head in a Coin Bucket or Daydream Believer. <laughs> Daydream Believer. <laughs> <Or> da- <laughs> yes. Oh, that's awesome. Daydream Believer it is because I know exactly how I'm going to make... Uh, I know exactly how I'm going to make up the graphic for the show we got it I, why you don't have to make up the graphic for head in a coin bucket <gasps> you just open that door behind you and take, take a, a picture, picture. <laughs> I, I know i know here I, i'm gonna get day day uh dream uh, all right so i'll read this just from, just, uh, just just so that I, I just i don't lose it all right i'll read this from christopher Payne. brent yeah. whitney thanks so much for posting the sfge vid with brent's presentation on shopping a game and that was a pinball game yep i have a bally freedom em <laughs> nick Oh, Dridge. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon me. I got a got an EM caught in my throat. Uh, <laughs> I, a a val- re- I got a relay caught in my throat. I got throat. a relay caught in my throat. Yeah. It's a stepper motor. <laughs> I have a Valley Freedom EM coming my way in early November. Oh, nice. And despite having zero experience with EM repair, I'm jumping in head first. Oh, well, that's, that's going to awesome. hurt because those games are heavy. Yes. The only thing and not working, very soft. No, no. The only thing working is the GI, but a fellow Pinsider saw it for sale on, on Craigslist Houston and is bringing it out on a trip he's making to Las Vegas. Wow. That's, that's a friend. Yeah. That's great. I'll be using every available tip I glean from the presentation. Thanks again and looking forward to the Resto Project coming up p.s some cool colors for the shirts <laughs> i think i think you need to incorporate a merch link like buffalo pinball so i can order some more shirts and wear them out and about yeah. christopher is really good he and, is he is uh, you know you know if other listeners would do this we would like it we would post the picture <laughs> we, we would appreciate it uh it, when christopher goes to a show he uh does he go by chris or christopher i i've always seen it as christopher okay yeah christopher when he goes to a show he'll take a shot just about everywhere with his broken token shirt i mean we've <laughs> we've had high scores on like the world's biggest pac man him standing there with his you know with a grin and pointing to the score and wearing our shirt yeah he, various shows great and, great great dude would love to meet him in uh, person we enjoy those those photos christopher we greatly appreciate them thank yeah, you for sure for sure you want to get this last one here so apparently there's a new Twin Galaxies arcade and this was posted to Facebook and actually I was given the mobile link and I think I figured out how to translate it uh, and get the correct link for like a desktop browser but it announces a reopen or an opening of a new Twin Galaxies arcade there in Watumba. I never could say that word, Whitney. Along a t- with Atumwa. Atumwa. Along uh-huh. with all the names I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, Atumwa. Iowa. Iowa. Yes. I almost said Idaho. Yeah. 
It's late, buddy. <laughs> so it's not in the exact same location. From what I understand, it's just like across the street and a couple doors down. But it should have, hopefully, the same heart and soul as, as the original arcade there in Ottumwa. That's neat. It's it's good to see, I guess, a, a staple of the arcade uh, of the arcade hobby and the industry and really kind of an icon like that come back. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure Walter Day is proud of that. And, and that has to make him feel good as well. So that's neat. Now, I don't have any other information on it i'm looking at the post that it was that was shared with me on facebook and it looks like there's a tim and tina mcveigh mm-hmm. that are behind the opening okay so uh you know if, if anybody out there has gotten any more information if there's any other links that are up if there's any other pages or just pass it along we'd love to see it and we'll share it on the show yeah that's for sure so, Brent, I think that pretty much rounds out the feedback for this month. Uh, no new iTunes reviews, so we need some new ones. So, if uh, if, if anybody wouldn't mind to uh, to you know pop open iTunes and and leave us a review, it certainly helps us to get noticed and uh, helps us in the search uh, rankings for the show. So, although I don't really know how many broken tokens show up when you search on iTunes, I don't think it could be many. But still. it would help us in arcade pinball. Though. Yeah, it does. It so, does. It helps. Yeah, it does. It helps us from a segment perspective. Yeah. There, there's no doubt. Absolutely. There, yeah, there's no doubt about that and of course we can be found on the throwback network at throwbacknetwork.net oh yeah and stitcher radio xbox music and the google play store so everywhere your podcatcher uh talks to we should be able to be found don't forget as we mentioned earlier we are going to be at the grand old game room show coming up very soon november 11th through the 13th in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And, you know, we'd love to see everybody there come out, say hi, attend our sessions, and we'll play some games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, it would be tons of fun. So, yeah. And you can find us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash broken token, on Twitter at broken token, and of course the website brokentoken.com and brent i would say that is uh i'm not going to use the word epic okay nope. it's it's been a great episode 47 been a lot of fun we've talked we talked a lot of pinball mm-hmm. but man we covered a lot of ground too and so uh like i say hopefully we can do a little bit more arcadey stuff next over the next couple of episodes to well, balance pin, it pinball out pinball was kind of uh it was in the air, man. I was, no was going to say we were on the ball with pinball, but that was just too cheesy. But I said it anyway, so whatever. <laughs> Fair enough. It, it was it was in the air because of just activity of the month. I mean, yeah. it was a big deal for us to finally receive the machines, yeah, the Ghostbusters. For, for sure. So, so yeah. So, we hope everybody enjoyed the show. Uh, we thank you for listening, and uh, we look forward to episode number 48. And I would say, uh, in the meantime, just uh, keep your quarters clean and game on. Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with, but I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. 
We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Broken Token, and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britt and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes Store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes Store and on our Stitcher Radio page, as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Letzi. And that's me. <laughs> Music for the Broken Token Podcast, graciously provided by Hayseed hey Dixie. Head over to their website at www.hayseed-dixie.com for videos, tour dates, merchandise, and to purchase music. Switch on the side. Well, oddly enough, it's dead. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Well, now you may want to fix that. Into like a second, a second, a a Melma Hay. My parents have no idea, but they sure would be proud. They don't mean anything to me. Yeah. You know, so I don't know if the lights will be on, supposed to be off, supposed to be blinking, supposed to be having a conniption fit. I don't know. (laughs) I think we were going to write in uh, Jean Luc Picard, actually. (laughs) Kirk. Picard 2016 Kirk top of the ticket. I'm a doctor Jim, not a coal miner. The things that I'm going to talk about from the tech perspective is spending my money. Yes. I'm spending my own money. Coin in a head bucket. Uh, on another note, Lister Sean O'Shea again, he says, I've recently taken to listening to podcasts at 1.5x. Dude, we'd sound like the chipmunks. It, it would be horrible. But he said, but don't worry, boys. I've ramped back to 1x for the full broken token experience. <laughs> and that, that just I saw that, and that just put a smile on my face. And then Jeff Waldron replied, and he said, that would shrink the podcast down to four hours, right? Yeah, right at, at, at one, one and a half speed. At one and a half yeah. speed. And, uh, and then, then Sean replied, and he said, yep, or, or for me, about four commutes. And I'm like, touche, boys. Touche.